now, from the Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, if we pick the winners. Welcome to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show. I'm your host, Jason Dubray, and this is the second annual If I Shed the Nominees. Uh, last year, I did a solo show, and I, I, this is basically me sort of ripping off of the Siskel and Ebert if we pick the winners show. But because my show is about getting rid of movies, I decided, what if I got rid of nominees? And so uh, that's what we're going to be doing here. But this time, uh, probably to make it more interesting for you, for you listeners, I have a guest, uh, a member of the Screen Actors Guild of America, uh, not an Academy member yet, uh, a... Uh, uh, our uh, regular guest, Kurt Fitzpatrick. And Kurt, the thing I'll say um, ahead of time is we have recorded a piece for a later show already, and it wasn't that long ago that you were on for that. But in the order of the, the podcast, it's been a little while since we've had you on. So welcome back, even though whatever Thank it was you. two weeks or three weeks ago that I, I talked to you and then I pitched the idea of you doing this uh, show. So thanks for doing it, by the way. You had to sort of cram in a bunch of uh, Oscar I nominees. Had, that you I had to watch about six movies, yeah. Six movies, which is the same amount as you would for a regular show. But yeah. normally, I you know, I say, oh, let's do this show and then give you lots of time to watch them. So this was this one's wrong. We're on more of a deadline. Uh, just as a bit of a heads up to those listeners, this is a week before... The uh, Academy Awards will air, and my hope is to get this out before the Academy Awards. Um, and uh, in doing that, my ums and ahs will probably be very present. And if we make some mistakes, they might end up being in what uh, what you hear. But hopefully, uh, we won't make too many mistakes as we go through. Um, I'll ask you a quick question, then I'll explain how the game works. I guess for for this episode, so. Kurt, how, how do you feel about the Academy Awards in general? Because I I know in general how lots of people I've talked to feel about them in this this modern time. Um, so what, what are your thoughts oh, on how do I feel awards about shows it? in general or that? Well, first of all, I'm very excited to be here doing this because I grew up on Siskel and Ebert, and I was always a huge fan of Siskel and Ebert. And I think they actually were the ones that introduced me to film criticism and looking at movies in a different way. And I used to watch this annual show that they did also with, you know, when, when we picked the Oscars. So I'm excited to be uh, carrying the torch as it will. But as far as um, what do I think about the Oscars? I, you know, it's amazing that the actual Oscar show is, is never really, it's, it's usually not that great of a show. It's not, it, it's not that entertaining just to see people win awards. And it's, of course, it is, it is a show. Um, it's a show that is celebrating entertainment, but it's not that entertaining. So maybe that's, maybe that's irony. I used to like when Billy Crystal used to host, yes. he was a great host. How he, you know, he was his, his uh, musical numbers. I put himself in the movies. He was, he was at the best that I ever saw. I never saw Bob Hope or any of those people um, who came before him but i i'm excited like i i i am excited about many of the nominees i was when i heard of the nominees i never heard of drive my car before 
Yeah. And um, so it's cool that I got to be aware of that. And there are some uh, some exciting nominees here on the list. Um, yeah. I think it was 2021 was a good year for movies. Uh, I, I, I never liked when they called the 2022. I mean, yeah, the broadcast is in 2022, but then the eligible nominees are from 2021. So, um, right. yeah. And now what are the rules? Were they, cause I remember they had to bend the rules like a year ago where, because it used to be a movie had to play in New York and Los Angeles in a, a theater and then they yeah. changed it because of covid they they changed it so a movie could just be a streaming movie so they did. is that still in effect i i think so but i i'm pretty certain that those and it a lot more streaming nominees uh than have than ever before and we have the apple plus has their first best picture nominee and that kind of thing um i, I think this year because movie theaters were open that all of these movies did actually have a theatrical release oh was and, was yeah. coda in in the theaters i'm not sure i, it, I, I don't think know. i don't remember Stop. i don't i don't i don't you know edit I this out. It, it, it it must have been yeah. somewhere or yeah, maybe i, I guess so yeah Maybe and got picked up by Apple, or I'm not totally sure. I'm oh not, yeah, but... plays the Sundance Film Festival. That's that's right. Yeah, that's Sundance correct. is where yeah. it got a bunch of awards, right. and then I think Apple picked it up at Sundance. So it's a okay. Yeah, and it's kind of this year's little movie that could type of a thing. Um, in uh, like as far as an English language, I think Drive My Car. In a similar way, it was the Cannes Film Festival for that one. That's that's oh, sort okay. Of, it uh, on the radar um yeah for award season yeah and how do you feel about the uh well the oscars i i don't have to put a giant pressure on myself every year to do an oscar themed show but i do because the oscars are something i've always loved and i'm i'm maybe such a movie nerd that i don't even worry about you know the entertainment factor with the award show i mean i I always like yeah. to see what they do with the opening. And uh, I've been sad when they haven't had a host and it became a yeah. political thing for a while that it hasn't had the life that it, um, I think it had with the traditional Billy Crystal. And we, we would see some good hosts. We've seen some bad hosts since Billy kind of retired from, from doing that job. Yeah. I, mean, I saw him, uh, I think it was about a week ago we accepted a lifetime achievement award at the Critics Choice Awards. He's still as funny as ever. He's he's opening up a, a Broadway uh, version of Mr. Saturday Night. I know. Uh, and I mean, I've, I'm I'm you know I'm jealous that you're in uh, of you for being in the area of the United States that you're in because yeah I I'd be doing everything I could to go see that man live in in anything uh, you know he's just remarkable so i think in some ways he i think he's just turned 74 he still has it but it, yeah. i think it is an exhausting job it's a thankless job um being the host in in some ways and i i think that some people were worried about things got so political about their reputations or whatever and uh so i i, I don't know it's been it's a it's a different world than when billy was first hosting and certainly when Bob Hope, and I guess Johnny Carson was very good at it too. Johnny yeah. Carson did it a bit, but Bob Hope was considered 
the god of hosting the Oscars, and then Billy became kind of the next generation of that. And we haven't really found somebody who is quite like that. Jimmy Kimmel did okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think some people like Chris Rock do a very good job at it, uh, polarizing figure sometimes. Yeah. Steve I like Martin, but then they would they would have some other yeah. people. Neil Patrick Harris hosted one year, and that didn't really work for me. But I, you know, yeah. so I but, I called them. Uh, I there was the one year where I think Kevin Hart was supposed to host. They then they then they he was no longer doing it. They didn't have a host. I called them and said and offered to host. Yeah, and I forget yeah. what happened with that. Yeah, they they were you know they didn't they took it serious enough. They didn't laugh. They, uh, <laughs> they just kind of went along that's, with it. I think they were going to call me back. I'm still waiting for the call back. Yeah. Um, but well, you're a funny guy. I mean, you, you're very well, thanks, entertaining. They didn't, they didn't have a host. So they, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they certainly could have wedged me in there, but yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I wasn't fishing for compliments, although it kind of sounds like I was, <laughs> um, but I, I will say in terms of the actual nominees, I do get excited about like, I knew when the nominees were going to be announced and I was excited about what they're going to be. And I was, and I'm excited to see who wins. Speaking of which, is there a special award this year? I don't, we're not, we're not going to cover it, I guess, but we, we can't, but is there like a fan favorite award? Is that happening this year? I don't think so. No, that, that, that was an idea a few years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there was going to be a, like a popular movie award. I think that was last year or two hmm. years ago. Um, and that was the same year that they were going to have do all of the tech awards during the commercials. Oh, okay. And that there was a big, and thank goodness, there was a big backlash on that. Uh, because, I mean, I, this is the only award show that actually acknowledges the people who actually get the movies made. You know, um, yeah. even the Critics' Choice, they did those as kind of a, a side announcement. They even did that with the writing categories as side announcements last week. And I just think it's yeah. it's unfortunate. So I, I am I am honestly a guy who like sits there and, you know, wants to find out who wins sound and to cinematography Curious. and all of these like I I have and I have full blown opinions on each of these categories and who who should win so see i think it's designed yeah see i think and i've never heard anybody else make this point but i think this is a strong point i'm going to make is that a generally a movie that's not very good could have a great sound design and you could nominate it for not this is now this is a movie i actually enjoyed but um hubie halloween the Adam Sandler movie. It's not going to get nominated for an Oscar, but it could. The costumes in that movie were tremendous. It, mm -hmm. it certainly could have been nominated for best costume. Yeah. I would say that the costumes almost carried the movie. It was, yeah. it was like, you know. I think that was a 2020 movie, Hubie Halloween. Well, yeah. It's, 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 get your yeah. point. Well, we yeah. do have a nominee like that this year um, coming to uh america the sequel to coming to america oh, okay. uh, has a nomination for best makeup and hair and i guess it sort of makes sense I, and i i mean i just saw it for this funny february thing i did and it's a, it isn't a, a terrible film um but within well, the categories it 
it's an Oscar nominated film. So there's a movie coming out this year, the Amni Horror in Space, or the Amni the Amni in Space, where the Amnival Horror House it, it blasts into space. And mm-hmm. this is not going to get nominated for anything. But for all we know, it could have some great sound editing. It could. It could be Good. considered. I guess yeah. it all. I guess it depends on. I'm sure there are a certain group of movies that that they put the money behind to get out there and see what kind of nominations they can get. But I'm saying you you could consider any movie for those technical qualities. As long as they were released within the calendar year, they they are eligible. So it uh, I I think a lot of those categories are where you'll see the Marvel movies like Spider-Man is yeah. nominated for quite a few uh, Dune with, you know, is a best picture nominee uh, appears in several of those tech categories as well. Um, so I, I think for those who don't know what drive my car or parallel mothers is, if they look at the tech categories, they'll see more of the movies that they, they might recognize uh, throughout the year. But, but yeah, I think a lot of things got kind of pushed from uh, moved out of 2020 into 2021. And so there's this nice mix of like some high quality films here. I, I certainly, just because I am who I am, um, as we get into this, there were there were a lot of people, I, there were a few snubs I was pretty surprised at. That happens every year. But uh, so, <laughs> some of my, in one category in particular, definite hands down choice for the year, somebody I banked on being my choice was not nominated. And uh, because that happened, then I had to do a real, you know, look at this and rethink of the categories. So, okay. um, yeah. But the nice thing about the points is I can still respect the nominees that I appreciate and give a little bit less to the ones I think were not maybe as deserving. But it's not like I'm I'm shocked or I'm, you know, I, I liked all of them, all 10 of the nominees for Best Picture and uh, and these acting nominees. It's just some I, I love and others are okay. Okay. So, yeah. There's so a the way couple I didn't care for, so. Yeah, I know. I know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be able to predict, and then I don't know. You might surprise me. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll okay, be interested yeah. as we go. Um, we'll learn together. The way we're gonna do this a little bit different than how I did it last year because I have somebody to go back and forth with is me. as we go through each category, we're only gonna talk about six categories. Uh, there are many other categories, of course, to talk about, but um, we will each announce who we. If we had, if we pick the winner to go back to the Ebert, Siskel and Ebert thing, um, we'll pick a you know a winner, but and then we'll each review reveal that, maybe talk about that a little bit, uh, and then after that, the point system will come into play for the acting categories. And we're going to look at director. Uh, there's a reason I wanted to look at director. There'll be 50 points that you have, 50 points that I have, and then we'll total those up and. We'll narrow it down at the end to three. So it is possible that my choice in the category, if you didn't particularly like it and gave it very few points, it might be, you know, it, it might be cut. It might uh, be shed from the nominees. Hmm. So those categories will go down to three. And then um, I am a little bit more of a fan, and maybe you have an opinion on this or maybe you don't. I'm a little bit more of a fan of the five nominee best picture um, structure. Now, this year was good. I mean, I understand why there was 10 this year, and this is the first time since they went back to this 6 to 10 format that they've actually had 10 nominees. Some years mm-hmm. it's 9, some years it's it's 8 or whatever. 
Minute 10, what we're going to do is, while we reveal our, our winners for sure, um, we will each have 100 points to distribute among the films, and we will narrow it down to five nominees. The When I was growing up watching the Oscars, to me, the traditional five nominees, and to me, it was more of a, it was a bigger deal to make the cut to be the top five for Best Picture, whether I agreed with the nominees or not. The fact that there were five out of all the movies that were released in a year, now in that six to ten, over the years, there have been a couple of uh, movies that have received Best Picture nominees where I'd be like, hmm, if it wasn't right. for the way that they were doing it now, I don't think that movie would have stood a chance. <clears throat> Blindside. Yeah for example well, um, yeah okay yeah. Yeah. yeah a few films like that but but yeah. i don't think toy story three would have been nominated no. and, and no. i i love that movie and and maybe this is where it's good we're getting if we've had some animated movies uh get nominated where they once they created that animation category movies like uh the toy stories and, and some really good films uh would only get the animated nomination they wouldn't get into the best picture contender race um and still so it was only like in the five picture structure only beauty and the beast had a best picture nomin nomination and we're oh, yeah. into a lot more international movies that have been able to make the cut like roma a few years ago and uh certainly uh parasite which won best picture and this year drive mm -hmm. my car so those are the positive sides of it as well. But I, I still think, you know, if it, was, if it was down to five, it would be a little bit more of an exclusive club for, for a Best Picture nominee. Yeah. You know, some movies get only two nominations, and one of them happens to be Best Picture. So, you know, and there's a few of those yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to get into it? I think so. All right. Okay. Here I am. Okay, so we're going to be uh, going straight into best supporting actor. Oh, the <laughs> best supporting actor. The nominees are Kieran Hines for Belfast. I do handle oh. a woman. There's a way, said the wise old man. <coughs> a way known by every woman since the whole rigmarole. Troy Kotzer for Coda. Right, well, so the layman's term for what you both have is jock itch. It's common if you spend a lot of time in damp clothes and it's, it's easily transferable via intercourse. I'll give you an antifungal cream, but you both have to keep the area dry and avoid sex for two weeks.
Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog. I just want to say how nice it is not to be alone. J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. There's no such thing as the Danny Thomas show. It's called Make Room for Daddy. Don't tell me comedy. And if little Rusty is a communist, then I'm going to beat the shit out of a seven-year-old kid. I have no problem with that. And Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. What little lady made these? <laughs> Actually, I did, sir. My mother was a florist. So I made them to look like the ones in our garden. Oh, well, do pardon me. You said this is a hard one. And, yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, I think I'm going to you first. We'll take turns. Oh. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, this is the first one I looked at. I was like, how am I going to do this? All right. <laughs> well, okay. I just have to just tell you what it is. I can't, like, talk it out or. No, just if you just have to vote. You're an Academy member. You are voting right now. Who would you vote for? So I'm opening up, opening up uh, the envelope almost. All right. Well, I'm going to give it to, I just, I, I get it, uh, Troy Katzer. For Coda? Yeah. Yeah, for Coda. And, yeah. and it's hard because I love J.K. Simmons. And I, and I like Jesse Plemons also. But I'm, I'm going with my decision. Okay. And I like the guy in Belfast. I can't pronounce his name. Yeah. C. Aaron. Heinz. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was I, I also I I kind of wanted to go Hines. with him as well. Yeah. Karen Heinz. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wanted to go with him too. He's he's so good in that, that movie as well. But uh, yeah, okay. I don't know how much I'm supposed to be talking about how I made my decision. I wouldn't write all this on the envelope if I was mailing it in, but but this is <laughs> but you know this is a different medium. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast well, we, is different from envelope. We can talk about our choices in a minute, but uh, I'll I'll tell okay. you mine. Okay. Um, uh, I would actually go uh, Kieran Hines for Belfast. Uh, it would be my my vote. And this was an it's ironic. This was an easy choice for me. Very yeah. easy choice. Um, I and, and hopefully I won't get too emotional uh, about Belfast. But I mean, I, I have family from there, uh, Northern Irish, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of kind of emotional triggers, I guess, with that film. And uh, there's a scene. Uh, in the film there between Karen Hines and the little boy. Uh, Karen Hines plays the grandfather uh, to Buddy, uh, who is kind of the this child version of Kenneth Branagh uh, telling his story. And they're having a conversation about how um, he, he's ended up in the hospital and Buddy's saying, we might have to leave Belfast. Yeah. And they have this moment, which is... I. I I'm not ashamed to admit it. More than once when I've seen this movie, I was I was a puddle uh, watching that. Um, it's this beautiful performance, and the grandfather grandson relationship is pitch perfect. And then um, Kieran Hines, uh, is, his wife is Judy Dench, and they're this old married Irish couple, uh, and their banter back and forth is very amusing throughout the film as well. Uh, this is just a to me, just a, a, a beautiful performance, a big screen presence. I've seen this guy play villains and very hmm. like hard-hearted characters. And to see him in a role like this shows his true range. Uh, it was it was just to me one of the performances of the year. So that's that's yeah, why that's... I, I'm voting for him. Uh, <laughs> as much as I appreciate the the other nominees, I mean, uh, 
I I think that's that's where my heart is, and was easily where my heart is. As as much as people's heart has started to move towards Troy Katzer, uh, Katzer the first male uh, person who uh, uh, who is hearing impaired to get a uh, an Oscar nomination, and the first actor since Marley Matlin in Children of a Lesser God uh, mm -hmm. to get nominated uh, for an Oscar. So uh, I I. I I appreciate your choice. So I don't know if you want to say any more about why. Yeah, no, I, I was, that's one of the reasons it was hard. Cause I was also, I was very much considering Kieran Hines cause that, you know, he was, he was excellent. Everybody was, it was excellent in that movie Belfast. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I was a big Coda fan and of, of his performance in, in uh, Coda. So that this, this was a hard one and there are actors in this, uh jk simmons and jesse plemons I've, I've seen them i am big fans of them but i've i've i have seen them in give i don't know if i'd say better performances but performances they were more suited for i guess you could say i like jk simmons more in drumline than i like him in this movie but he's he's perfectly good in this movie yeah yeah that's the movie that he was in, right? It was called Drumline, right? The one he won an Oscar Whiplash. for? Was it Whiplash? Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. yeah the, okay. Yeah. Whiplash. Yeah. Similar sounding uh, film there, but Whiplash. That's yeah. what he won his Oscar for. So he, okay. he is a previous winner for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, yeah, I, I, I like what Simmons does in uh, being the Ricardos as well. That wasn't a, that wasn't a for sure nomination. He kind of came in there too. Yeah. Um, before we go into our points, was there anybody that you kind of, thought of that maybe could have could have made the cut uh oh yes um the actor who played um mcduff let's see i don't know the actor's name the actor played mcduff in the tragedy of the scottish play that actor was, that was a good performance yes yes i would have put him over these power of the dog people any day <laughs> I'm trying to well anyway. Yes, that he was he was very good. I did see that movie recently. I just uh, the um tragedy of I don't want to say it for, for those at home it's a it's a yeah, cursed thing. You can't you just can't say it. Yeah. You actually can't say it in a stage, but technically since I'm record podcast from this room, this could be considered a stage. So yeah. I can't Take the risk. Yeah. What? So what's what's that? Corey Hawkins is his name. Corey Hawkins. Corey Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been in there. Yeah. I, I also liked uh, in that not necessarily connected to this this category, but um, in the supporting actress category, Catherine Hunter played uh, the witches, and it was all played by one person. Oh, Very cool. unusual performance in uh, in that. I, I, I kind of think that, uh, again, thinking about the precursor awards and stuff, too, that um, <clears throat> there were two people that I, I really was kind of hoping would make the cut. Uh, Jimmy Dornan, uh, I think, was fabulous as the father in, in Belfast as well. Uh, okay. he's, he's a guy, I think he's still trying to, I, if I'm not mistaken, he's he was in the Fifty Shades movies. I've never seen those, so I'm, I'm not sure if that was him or not. But I think he's a guy that hasn't always been... You know, you know, they they haven't seen him as a great actor because of the projects he's been connected to. Um, but 
he has some wonderful scenes in there too. Maybe not as 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 great as Karen Hines, but there the, the the climactic scene where he's singing to his wife there, uh, and it, they're at an Irish wake. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really really good performance, and we stands up for his family and all that, and the the conflict in in there. Uh, the other one, I I, I did like. Uh, I saw Ben Affleck in the Tender Bar. Um, oh, I agree. Which, yeah, he was yeah, very good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ben Affleck is a guy that he always seems to have. He's constantly having to prove himself somehow. Like he well, sometimes sometimes he's not very good, but he was really good in that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he. He's he's won multiple Oscars, right? And he he directed and you know Not for acting produced a, a a best picture winner, right? But yeah, he hasn't yeah. as an actor. But there, every once in a while, he he can be quite good. And I think he's getting better with age. I, I don't know. I uh, anyway, I thought that was that was quite a good performance. And there was some talk of, of both of those gentlemen being on the list there. So anyway, um, I'll uh, let you do the honors of uh, sharing your points. And then we'll we'll see who gets uh, cut from the nominees. Okay. Well, I gave Karen Hines twelve. I gave okay. Troy Kotzer twelve. I gave Jesse Plemons eight. J.K. Simmons eleven, and Cody Smith McPhee seven. All right. I, I I told you that it was going to be a blowout from for me for Karen Hines. I actually gave him eighteen points. Wow. Yeah, it is again. This is one of the easier choices for me. Uh, Troy Kotzer uh, maybe seems ungenerous, but I, I did give him eight points. He has some really good scenes, uh, so I'm not don't I don't want hate mail here right, about this because you know I Whoa. this is a this is a <laughs> a good performance, but I didn't I, I thought it, he was added to the ensemble and he served the the, the story well, but he wasn't the pivotal person for moving the CODA story forward. And, and, you know, I, I think there's some other people that possibly it was, they were in tough categories to get nominated, but I, I, I really kind of liked the whole group. Um, yeah. And some of the, like kind of the, the goofier, funnier bits fell flat for me. Uh, that was mostly involving him, I guess. Um, so it, it took me a little while to actually a warm up to his character. Um, but he has, he does have kind of the, um, it wasn't something that, you know, moved me to tears or anything, but he does have this kind of emotional scene, uh, near the climax of the film with, with his daughter, which I think was the best scene in the film for him. It just yeah. to, to me wasn't enough for me to say outright, Oh, this is the guy who should win the Oscar. All that said, uh, I, you know, I, I won't be sad if he wins. Um, and it, he's kind of, he knocked somebody else over from being the front runner uh, during this award season here. So um, Jesse Plemons, I gave five to, I like Jesse Plemons. I don't think his character was served well in Jane Campion's screenplay. Um, mm -hmm. There's a section of the film where his character just completely disappears just so that there can be like all this time for Benedict Cumberbatch to torture Kirsten Dunst um, right. and just create all of this third, setting up third act, this third act drama. Uh, I think he rode the wave of the film. Uh, they were choosing to nominate everybody in their Irish cat that was involved with the power of the dog this year. Or Irish maybe cat? Say, 
or peewee cat, maybe in this case. Oh, I, don't, I never heard of Irish. No, yeah. I never heard that expression before. An Irish no. cat. I don't know why. Yeah, it's just something I say. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I picked it up. Uh, <laughs> but he kind of rode that wave and and got in. So five points for him. Um, Ten points for J.K. Simmons. I might argue that he is the gives the best performance in being the Ricardos. That might be a mm-hmm. controversial statement, but we'll maybe talk about that since he's not the only actor from that uh, ensemble to get uh, nominations here, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Okay. Um, I did give Co- uh, Cody Smith McPhee uh, nine points from Power of the Dog. His character is interesting in the development of when we first see him and we you know, kind of feel quite sorry for him. And then the turns that he takes throughout that story, it's a bit of a journey. Um, and so I certainly get the nomination. I, I'm not terribly upset about the nomination, but it, early on it looked like he was going to be the guy sweeping the awards. And I was hoping that somebody else hmm. would get some acknowledgement. Again, Kieran Hines was who I was hoping the, the momentum would move towards. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it... it it's fine that it's, it's a little bit more of a competition. I think it still is a two horse race there for, for the winner, but this is just, again, subjectively who, who we would like to see win more than who would, Oh, uh, who were predicting win. So who do you think the horses are then? It's the two horses. It's Kieran Hines. And, and Cody Smith. Oh no. Kieran Hines isn't in the mix. No, I don't. Sorry. I'm, yeah, he. I don't think he's going to win, but he's my right. he, he's my vote. Yeah, no, yeah, Troy okay. Kotzer, Troy Kotzer, and Cody Smith. Right, right. Yeah, have won the all the precursor prizes, um, and okay. Cody Smith McPhee all won all of the early critics prizes and all that. Hmm. Uh, but then okay. the Screen Actors Guild went with Troy Kotzer, then the critics did, and so. We'll see. And they I should say that they changed the voting system over the years where they have a ranked voting system. And that's sometimes where we get surprise winners from time to time here. But I okay. I don't know. I think it's between those two two guys. I, I think Troy Katzer Katzer will be the winner if I was if this was a little bit more of a predicting who would win as opposed to who we want to see win. But points wise, the nominees would be Karen Hines, who had 30 points. J.K. Simmons with 21 points and Troy Kotzer with 20 points. And we would shed Cody Smith-McPhee, who got 16 points, and Jesse mm-hmm. Plemons. So the two Power of the Dog actors would actually be cut out of the list from our game here. A bit. So that's, that's fine, uh, Best man. Supporting Actor. Yeah, Best Supporting Actress. Here we go. And you'll have time to think because I'll, I'll go with my choice first here. But uh, okay. our, the nominees are Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Later, it's very provocative. I'm thinking about the Yates. I bet you know it by heart. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. You think I want to stay here in a city full of ugly little animals like you? No, gracias. Yo no soy americana. Yo soy Puerto Riqueña. Judy Dench for Belfast. Has your father said what he's doing? He says it has to get decided by Christmas. When's he going back? At the weekend. We're going to the pictures. He's taking us to Titty Titty Bang Bang. What in the name of God is that? It's a flying car. Oh God, I've heard it all. It goes over a cliff and you nearly fall out of your seat. Do you want to come? 
It'll be company for you till my pop's home. If God had wanted me to see flying cars, I'd have been born with blinking wings. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. When I was little, I, I felt a chill in my spine when I heard the chalk squeak on a blackboard. Oh, Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Merchant, that's who it was. She, she drew chalk stars by our names on the blackboard. And Avengine Ellis for King Richard. I fixed Serena serve because you messed that up. You did what? Yes, I fixed that toss because you messed it up. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I've been here dreaming and believing just like you. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to see me. Yeah, this was kind of hard as well. This is a tough one. Um, and I, I, I will start off just to get it out of the way. Uh, Katrina Balfi was hands down my choice for Belfast and was nominated for every other per precursor award, but did not for some reason make the cut for best supporting actress here. I think it's a, um, it's a shame because she gives the best performance in Belfast and uh, Bel Belfast is a plus acting film. Yeah. So anyway, that's get that out of the way there. Uh, so this was a tougher decision for me, but I'm, I'm actually going to go with Jesse Buckley for the lost daughter, uh, a nomination that wasn't guaranteed to happen and, uh, got in there. I, I, I quite enjoyed the lost daughter. Um, it, for those who haven't seen it, it's uh, on Netflix. Uh, uh, she plays the younger version of Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman is on Greece on vacation and reflecting on her life and how, in some ways, it looks like she had kind of was in a position where she lost her family and lost her relationships with her her kids because of uh, the actions she took when she was younger. And she wasn't in a great position to be uh, a mother. And we see Jesse Buckley act this out, that she's a very uh, smart woman and she uh, wants to pursue her own academic goals. And she starts an affair with uh, Peter Sarsgaard and travels away. But when she's trying to be a mother, how much she struggles at that. Uh, it's, it's a tough performance to watch in some ways. And it's not, you know, it's not comfortable. Uh, but I, I think uh, Jesse Buckley does does quite a good job, and I, the, through the whole mm -hmm. movie, I, I know her, I know her, I know her, and uh, what it was was she was in the the last season of the TV show Fargo. Uh, it yeah. was the weakest season, but she played this uh, really kind of over the top villainous nurse uh, in mm. it. But she, you know, she's a, a face that you recognize, yet she is completely different in this and becomes that character. So uh, I'm happy that she got the nomination and a little bit of love for the lost daughter. Uh, it was a, it was a tougher choice here. Actually, there's, there's a few in here that I really like, but that that's who my vote would, uh, would go to. Who would you vote for? for uh... Uh, well, my selection is uh, Jesse Buckley and the lost daughter. Oh, we agree. Oh, yes, we do. All right. Yeah. I, I also nice. enjoyed that movie and it was a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a complicated movie. I, I definitely had an understanding of it. Um, it's interesting because it's, it's, the movie kind of starts out. It's just Olivia Coleman on a, on a beach, just watching people. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then it kind of progresses from there. But yeah, it was, I, I, I know there's that, that one scene where, isn't there like one scene where there these two kind of hippie people are, are hanging out with them and she's like, and she just she asked them like, uh, "What do you do about your 
kids or something like that. And then they said, they said something like, Oh, we just like left them behind or what, or, or what did they do? It was, but it was a situation where she was trying to figure out how to just leave her family. And she, and that's what she does. Yeah. And it's a very, it's a very, it's a very complicated, uh, thing to do. So it was, it was really interesting. It was very layered. And I, I, uh, very much like that movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. I, we also want to credit with this movie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. This was her debut as a, a writer director. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess the, yeah. the novel is, is quite, quite well known. I haven't read the novel, um, but I quite enjoyed the film. I can see in the structure of the film, how it is, is based on the novel, but uh, Gyllenhaal, I think, you know, if this is another thing, if we were going for like six to 10 nominees for director, I think she should have maybe gotten a best director nomination. Yeah. Um, I liked her for a long time. I liked her in that secretary movie where she's like yeah. James Bader spanks her because she spilled the white out on a yeah. It's an odd, odd that. movie that wild. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, she, she just looks like she's been directing for years. I mean, it's yeah. a professional job, um, and made sure that there were layered, complex roles for women. Uh, probably directed Dakota Johnson to her best uh, performance of her career to this point too. She might have been an outside, wow. might have had an outside chance for a nomination too. I mean, Jesse Buckley, I think, is the harder character to pull off, uh, the more yeah. complex. As is Olivia Coleman's character is very complex, where we're trying to figure out throughout the movie why she's doing the things that she's doing, putting herself in a ton of danger. Um, yeah. yeah, that's. It's a very good film, very well acted, and so I, I, I wasn't sure how you were going to feel if we were going to be in the same place on this one. So that's I. She was my awesome. she's my pick. I in my point spread, I ha, I do have her tied with somebody, but I also okay. had that in the best uh, best supporting actor too. Yeah, yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Um, if it, was there anybody who didn't make the cut that you? Uh, I mean, I. Hmm. My, my, my person there. Hmm. Let's see if there's anybody who I feel could have been a supporting actress. Would um would the woman well the woman for Licorice Pizza, she was really the lead. She was the be, lead. Yeah, yeah she we, yeah. So we can't. Lana Hayam, yeah. Okay, so can't have her. I'm just looking at the look at the list of movies here. Uh tough to say. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't think so. Not off the. Okay. Not off the top of my head. Okay. Fair enough. So I, I guess uh, I start off. So I'll give my points first, and then uh, you can you can give yours for this one. I, I gave uh, Jesse Buckley thirteen points. Um, then Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I gave ten. Judy Dench for Belfast. Uh, I gave ten. Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. I gave twelve. And uh, Avenging A. Ellis for uh, King Richard, I gave uh, five. Okay. I so gave Jesse Buckley 12, Ariana DeBose 12, uh, Judy Dench 11, Kristen Dunst 6, and Anjanu Ellis 9. Okay. So fairly different... Uh, 
different points just well, all good but yeah yeah I, I, again I, I i think all of these performances are quite good so it wasn't one where i was like oh, oh my gosh but uh yeah i just i, I tried to spread them out a, a little bit more and a couple of these were a little bit more were obvious nominees but others seem like they were a little bit more challenging and certainly uh buckley is one where we felt that way um yeah. Points wise, uh, Jesse Buckley uh, would have twenty five points, and so that would be would be the most. Followed by Ariana, and you said Debosi. I'm probably been saying I, it wrong. I think so. I could be Debose, saying it wrong. Okay. Ariana Debosi for West Side Story. I, I think I'd really the favorite to win. Um, it's twenty two. Uh, Judy Judy Dench is twenty one. Uh, Kirsten Dunst eighteen. And uh, Avenging A. Ellis, uh, 14. So uh, we would keep Jesse Buckley, Ariana DeBosi, and Judy Dench. But uh, Kirsten Dunst and Avenging A. Ellis would be uh, cut from the, the nominee list. Okay. Again, I don't think they're, they're bad performances. In fact, Kirsten Dunst was very close to actually getting my, my vote. I think it's... It, it was a tough role that she had. I think there was, again, I, going back to Campion's writing, there were some things that became a little bit uneven there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Kirsten Dunst finally, like I've always, I've been a fan of her since way back, interview with the vampire type of thing. So okay. I've been, as an adult, kind of cheering her on and hoping that she would get a film role that would give her this kind of attention here. So, um, but uh, I... I I, I I I don't have the sense. I know that Power of the Dog is not as much your thing here. So uh, well, again, I don't know how you get that idea. Yeah, <laughs> three of its nominees <laughs> have already been cut. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna move into uh, best director category. Oh, okay, here we go. All right. Oh, this Nomin- is a hard one. Nominees, another hard one here. Nominees <laughs> are all hard. Are okay. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Uh, Ryosuko Hamaguchi Gucci for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. And my friend, you get to go first with your. Uh, okay, your well, this is this is a tough one, and everyone, everyone, when you hear my point spread, you're all going to be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> But I'm going to go with Paul Thomas Anderson and Licorice Pizza. And I would say, and, and very close, very close Belfast, because Belfast is wonderfully made. But Licorice Pizza is really wonderfully made. It's so wonderful. It's just so great. Um, I love it. There you go. Spoiler as far as the best pictures that I enjoyed. But yeah, I just thought, like, uh, see, see and to, to say, okay, I, I guess I should be quiet, let you go, or... No, 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 no. Go ahead. Well, I, I mean, to to describe why I like the direction Licorice Pizza for is me describing why I like Licorice Pizza, and I I believe like like somebody I know somebody I heard criticize it. They said it seems like a bunch of big nets, but really, but really, it's it's a it's a what's how, how do I how do I articulate this? But it's the total of the sum or the sum of the total. It's like every, everything adds up. Everything adds up, and everything builds into into something. And to me, I, I when I first saw the previews for it, first it was a little confusing. When I remember seeing the previews, like, well, what's going on here? The guys yeah. with the with the Barbara Streisand 
boyfriend what what is going on and, this, yeah. and it looked like it looked like it was like a coming of age movie but it's not it's a movie no. about friendship and it was mm -hmm. just a just a beautiful thing and i think and paul thomas anderson i have been a huge fan of paul thomas anderson i have to admit i had not seen his last couple of movies i did not see really? the phantom thread or the um um inherit vice mm -hmm. um but i've seen all his other other movies yeah Those and i love yeah and i love boogie nights when that came out i was like obsessed mm -hmm. with that movie i had this i had the soundtrack and the second soundtrack that came out that's right. Was, I, yeah, I was, had both of those. was a second soundtrack. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I would say um, the, yeah, those last two movies are on my top 10 list. In I'd, I'd like to see them. Yeah. And uh, Phantom Thread. I, I really love Phantom Thread. Uh, I actually, as good as Daniel Day Lewis, I think it's one of his best performances. I mean, I know he's always good, but I, I actually was, was hoping that he would win yet another Oscar for that one. Um, yeah. And it was his retirement film there, apparently. So, but getting back to uh, this year's, uh, I, I I applauded, but I I am going with Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, and I I thought this would be too long a show if we started to get into the uh, screenplay categories, but uh, those two gentlemen are head to head in original screenplay and in Best Director. I feel like original screenplay is going to be the compensation prize uh, category, as it often is. Uh, mm -hmm. And m my hope, even though I don't think my hope is going to actually happen on Oscar night, is that these gentlemen who have been solid throughout their careers each leave that night as Oscar winners, and that, you know, whoever wins for original screenplay the other person would win for director. So it's a little bit interchangeable for me. I know it sounds a bit confusing, but when I think about it, um, I, I would go with Paul Thomas Anderson for the screenplay category and go with Kenneth Branagh as, uh, as the director. Uh, and part of it is I, I love Paul Thomas Anderson's writing and Licorice Pizza, and he's been doing this a lot more with his films where you're watching the films and you know, things seem familiar, but you don't know where this film is going at any point from moment to moment to moment. And mm -hmm. you just trust that you are in the hands of a master filmmaker, but also a master screenwriter. And to be able to put all of this stuff together and give us uh, this feeling that we do at the end that you've you know, described very well with your, your vote here. Uh, I think it was an amazing achievement in writing. Not that it isn't an amazing, Belfast isn't an amazing screenplay and for Kenneth Branagh, but uh, I think he's he is kind of recounting some things from his childhood. And it's a little bit more of a straightforward, um, but very heartfelt narrative. And it's a bit more traditional as far as a screenplay goes. But as a director, the choices he makes, um, the bookends of modern day shots looking at Belfast and that brilliant cut that he does into uh, late 60s. And suddenly we're in, in this black and white world. Uh, it's you know beautifully directed those, the choices of where he places the camera, some of those close-ups of his actors. Um, and also the other piece in there, and it, it is similar to Paul Thomas Anderson had some less experienced actors really steering the shape, 
the, the ship there in Licorice Pizza, but uh, the performance he gets from this little boy who really is the lead of the film, um, when he has all these great actors surrounding this boy, including Judy Dench, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think it, it takes a great director to get a great performance and a great central performance out of a child. So <clears throat> that's why just just by this much, uh, I, I chose mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh for best director. So, but I am right with you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you picked Paul Thomas Anderson if we were to disagree, I'm, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to fight too hard if we're talking about those two gentlemen um, in this category here. So anything else you want to say about either my pick or, or those two before we do the uh, No, I just um, – my only thing about Licorice Pizza, it, it's, it's – as you said, it's kind of – it's – well, it, it, I don't it, – it's, it's kind of fluid. Like you don't know what's going to happen next. And mm -hmm. sometimes I didn't know, but maybe this is part of what made the movie work in a way, is that you don't, I, I, I didn't, like, you lose sense of time. Like, I wasn't necessarily sure, like, how much time it was covering, in a way. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that's what was one thing that made it work, so. Yeah. You know, the way it was, the, the way the story was. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to a tie. <laughs> What's that? I I have I wouldn't yeah. mind a tie. That would be that would be good in this, yeah. this case. Yeah. 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 So uh points wise, you uh, you start first this time. Sure, I gave well, I did give a tie here. Oh uh, well this is where I get a little mean. So but here we go. Belfast, <laughs> I gave it twelve. Drive my car, eleven. Very good. I'm very glad I saw that movie. Licorice Pizza, twelve. <sighs> Sorry, Power Dog, I gave a four. And West Side Story, 11. Okay. I, I think, uh, I mean, these other movies, compared to the power of the dog, please. <laughs> I, yeah, should, I know. I, I, I'm not I supposed to give that, that away until the end. That this Power of the Dog is not... Is not uh, I mean, and I hate to say it's, it's the only woman director in this list, but hey, if Maggie Gyllenhaal was in there, I would have given, given her a high rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we might talk about towards the end uh, some female directors because I actually think it was a very good year for female directors. Um, in some ways, it's too bad there's only one um, uh, on the list here. But, yeah, it was yeah. an interesting year in that way. Um, okay, so uh, points-wise, I, I gave Kenneth Branagh 16 points um, for directing. Uh, Ryosuko Hamaguchi, I gave eight points. Paul Thomas Anderson, I gave 14 points to. Uh, I gave five to Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Okay. And I gave uh, seven to Spielberg for West Side Story. Now, I did uh, think Spielberg. I did think Spielberg did a great job with that yeah. movie. Yeah. That, and the, the whole question going yeah. in was, was this a necessary remake? He yeah, did it, I, a few yeah, touches yeah. to make it his own and to you know bring in the gentrification piece to it. And the history of New York City and, you know, the, the Lincoln Center, all, all of those pieces uh, worked well. And, it, yeah, it's, it is a very, I'd say it's a, a better directed movie than written. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, what, what's that story? That's uh, it's a long conversation with that one as far as a full-on review of West Side Story. Yeah, but I, you know, I'd like to yeah. comment on it a little bit later on. As we go along, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it gets kind of lost in the mix is that Spielberg, oh yeah, he's nominated yet again, but 
this is a this is a deserved nomination. I had the feeling that um, that some every year it works out with the directors branch of the academy that there are five kind of favorites and somebody gets snubbed and somebody completely out of left field in this case drive my car uh, right. gets the nomination. In this case, uh, Denny Villeneuve for Dune was the person who didn't make the cut, and I thought it was either going to be him or Spielberg would be one or the other that that wouldn't make it. I, I was pretty certain of. Yeah. Uh, of the others there. Um, well, that guy's a genius, but I would go with West Side Story over that. Yeah, and I think ultimately I would too. I, it, <clears throat> doing such a visual film, and I think that's yeah, that's why some people might have been a bit surprised that he that he didn't uh, didn't make the cut there. So overall, our, our total points. <clears throat> um, so Kenneth Branagh uh, with twenty eight, then Paul Thomas Anderson with twenty six, uh, followed by. Uh, Ryosuko Hamaguchi with 19. So uh, Spielberg got 18, so one point less, and then Jane Campion mm-hmm. with nine. So um, uh, Jane Campion, uh, the director of The Piano in 1993, and Steven Spielberg, the director of Schindler's List in 1993, would be the two that would be cut from our list. Uh-huh. And if we get a little bit more into some detail with The Power of the Dog, I think – the piano is something I'm going to mention um, in there right. in that particular year. But those two would, uh, again, from subjectively, they would be cut from our nominees if we were to have three Best Director nom- uh, nominations. Well, I hope Spielberg's not listening to this. It'll bum him out. But he can well, take really understanding. Yeah. He told so, me but, He told yeah. me he appreciates the, the publicity. You know, it always helps. But he wanted me to go with my heart this year, so... Well, there's a bad side and good side. On the bad side, he's been cut from our podcast list. On the good side, he's a billionaire and probably the most successful filmmaker of all time. So look on the bright side. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Spielberg. Yeah. Is he the most yeah. successful filmmaker? Yeah, he probably is. Yeah, I that's always the question. It's between him and Scorsese. Uh, with a mention to Clint Eastwood, who's still living and still producing yeah, movies. Yeah. Movies. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, the, the heavy hitters are Spielberg and, and Scorsese. I think, you know, uh, yeah. and they operate in different worlds. I think that's that's part of it. So, yeah. Okay, we're going to be going on to another big one. Best actor in a lead role. No problem here. Nominees are Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Last week, my wife, Lucille Ball, was asked to testify in front of a closed session of the House and American Activities Committee. Yes, the congressman who investigate communism. After hours of testimony, the committee concluded unambiguously that Lucy was and is in no way involved with the Communist Party. So everything's well, right? No, because this is the evening edition headline in the Herald Express. Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. You didn't play? Sure did practice a terrible lot. See, you wouldn't think there's much difference between a cinema pit and a dinner party. Where have you been, Phil? I could hardly eat worrying about you. I didn't get washed up, so I didn't come. Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Stop the clock. Take time out. 
Will Smith for King Richard. You want to check on the kids? Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors and lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. Now, I understand you got to do your job, even if some crazy neighbor do call talking foolishness. And I don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids. You know why? Because we are. That's our job, to keep them off these streets. You want to arrest us for that? Fine, but what you're not going to never do is come knock on this door talking about you had to blow their brains out in them streets because they running with hoodlums and doing drugs and things. That's what you're not never going to say in this house. And Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Scottish play. There you imperfect speakers. Tell me more. I know I am Thane of Gloms, but how of Cordor? The Thane of Cordor lives. A prosperous gentleman, and to be king stands not within the prospect of belief. Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting. The Scottish play. Okay. All right. And it's a tragedy. All right. You can look it up if you need to. Don't, for some reason, you don't know what the actual title of it is. But. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I think I go first this time. I, I know what the conventional wisdom is in this category, but I am actually going to go with Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom is my choice. Uh, playing Jonathan Larson, uh, the guy who was most famous for uh, creating the Broadway musical Rent. He died shortly before he ever knew that he would be a Broadway legend. And this is a bit of a version of uh, of an off-Broadway musical that he put on before Rent happened, but it's also treated as a little bit of a biopic too. Um, mm -hmm. I actually think, you know, four of these, I, I think are really amazing performances. One, I like the actor enough. Uh, I, and I, I just haven't, couldn't get my head around, um, quite around this particular nomination, but uh, I'm happy for the guy. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a close call. I just think the challenge of, I, I just did not know that Andrew Garfield had this in him. I, maybe, I know that he has a Broadway connection. He's a Tony Award winner in the last revival of Angels in America. He was in that. And, uh, but it, like he had to, he does a lot of the singing and dancing and all that. And I know there's a lot of people who can kind of pull that off. Uh, it's very, very difficult music and it is it's quite, unique movement that's connected to it as well not the easiest uh music to deal with but what impressed me was how grounded it was and uh the the look at this artist and the world he's in and uh the pain and torture as well as his kind of the mental health issues connected to it uh, i haven't you know I, I like andrew garfield but i haven't seen him give a performance that had this many layers of challenge and do it so well. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he uh, has been recognized all through this whole process. And uh, I, I know he's kind of a guy, he's going to be sitting there smiling and clapping when somebody else wins. Uh, but for me, close call, but this, uh, this was a tougher category, but this was, this was my choice over, um, three other gentlemen that were very close when you'll see my points totals. This is probably my most spread out category. So, yeah. So that's my reasoning there. Who is your choice for best? Okay. Lead actor? Well, I, well, first of all, I agree with you about Andrew Garfield. He was terrific 
in that movie. And I was a little bit surprised too, because I don't even think I'd seen, oh, well, I saw him in the eyes of Tammy Faye recently. Full disclosure, I work with Andrew Garfield on a movie called Spider-Man 2. Oh, did you? Driver. It was a, I drove my car through the Times Square scene. I mean, I was hired to do that. Yeah. And I was a, and I was an onlooker. So yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't actually inter- interact with it. It was a huge production, but anyway, I did think he was great. Um, I, but I'm going with, with, I'm going with Will Smith uh, hands yeah. down because he, he really, the weight of the, the weight of that movie was on his shoulders and he, and he carried it. And it was a, you know, a very distinct character that he uh, created for that. And I just thought, I, I, I do understand there was a little bit of, um, um, there was a little softening of the char- character, you know, it's, yeah. because it was based on a real person who may have been a little more flawed than that. But I, I just thought he did some excellent uh, work in that. I would say if I would put Andrew Garfield probably second, and and I did in my point spread, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I've watched King Richard twice now. Um, and the second time I, I watched it with my brother and my sister-in-law and my, and my dad. And, um, and my brother is a big Will Smith fan, has been since Fresh Prince of Bel-Air days. And he said he kind of forgot that he was watching Will Smith. Mm, and yeah. I don't think I've, I've ever forgot I was watching Will Smith. Is maybe the reason I'm holding back a little bit. But the second time I watched it, I appreciated what he was doing a lot more. Uh, I, I I keep thinking that, okay, this was completely and totally a for-your-consideration role and performance. He picked up, you know, he picked up the, got the rights to it, produced it. It's like, okay, I and I, I just know he's wanted an Academy Award for a long time. And he mm-hmm. wants to be, you know not just known as a movie star, but be taken seriously as, as an actor. And he's been nominated um, before uh, Pursuit of Happiness and Ali. I didn't think he was very good as Muhammad Ali, to be honest with you. And Pursuit of Happiness, I think that was, that was pretty good. I've never um, seen that. But I, the, the, the movie, the whole movie is, is, is very good. And he's a complex figure. And because of that, you know, it, it is a, it is a challenging role. Uh, and maybe if we had seen Jesse Buckley in a bunch of blockbusters, and she'd grown up in American sit- sitcoms and and gone through all this stuff, and then we're watching this, we'd be going, "Oh yeah, she's trying to get an Oscar with this." But it, it is a, a as complex a character as that character is. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm not like oh. Why is that guy winning Best Actor? I I have no real problem with it. I'm I, I'm fine with it. Um, just to me, I you know it was a borderline call. And actually, uh, there's somebody else when you see the points that I actually had a, a above Will Smith uh, of okay. of the four of the five that I I most liked in here. So um, maybe I'm being unusually. Uh, hard on will smith there and maybe he won't return my phone calls now after this but oh, i was gonna say i was an early supporter of will smith because i grew up outside of philadelphia mm-hmm. where will smith lived and mm-hmm. he was in fresh prince yeah and dj jazzy jeff and the fresh prince and they and i heard a song so they so a lot of his his music got airplay in, in the 
Philadelphia area, I guess, before it mm-hmm. kind of went out. And I heard a song on the radio, The Magnificent Jazzy Jeff. And I was like, ooh. So I got the cassette. It was their very first album. It was Rock the House. <laughs> and I was like, that guy looks cool. You know? So, yeah. You I, remember, I, remember looking, I remember looking at that cassette album and looking at him and thinking, well, he's a real, he's like, he looks like really distinct. Yeah. He had a star quality, I think, early on, and I'm I'm glad of that. And there there were roles along the way that kind of got forgotten about in his filmography. A lot of it people have forgotten about a movie called Six Degrees of Separation. Oh yeah, yeah, Stalker, that's good. Parker Channing got a Best Actress nomination for it, but uh, now there's a couple things he did in there, like after the fact that I heard about that you know were mistakes, I, mistakes see. of a young actor. You have you heard the story? Well, he turned down the Matrix, right? And he did uh, Wild Wild West instead? Well, there, yeah, those are career decisions, but that's when he's established. But in Six oh. Degrees of Separation, I think he gives a really, really good performance oh, that I have heard a lot of people yeah. saw. But there's a scene where he's supposed to kiss a man. Yeah. And and he and he pulled back on it. Like, uh, apparently, if you look very closely at the scene there, uh, he, he doesn't actually kiss him. Doesn't and it was choices like not to fully commit to the role because he was uncomfortable, I guess, with with that action, you know. And so yeah, um, yeah, uh, and maybe that's why you know that one didn't kind of start to get him on the road to being a serious actor. And it was all the summer blockbusters, and then he he started to find some serious roles and worked with people like Michael Mann and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, this is this is I think. I'd have to say his best screen performance and uh, the time that he's most deserved an Oscar. Um, but a few years ago, I think, you know, his wife got really mad when he wasn't nominated for the movie concussion um, okay. and, and was making a bit of a political thing out of it there. So hmm. I just, that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit uh, that, okay, oh. you know, he, he needs to win Best Actor, and we were going to do everything to make that happen. And maybe that's the baggage I came into King Richard with, but I okay. really enjoy that film, and I enjoy his performance there. I, I want to ask if there was anybody you, you had kind of thought of um, who could have could have uh, been nominated that wasn't... Uh... Oh, jeez. They could have nominated the, the actor from Drive My Car. He was... Yeah, he's good. he's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, looking at the list here, best actor. I think that's all I was I would uh, suggest right now. And I also, in, in mentioning that, kind of going backwards a little bit here, um, a bit there, I I, I wanted to uh, also uh, mention. Uh, the the young woman who who drives him in the film yeah, too would great. have been a good best supporting actress nominee too. Um, but yeah. Hidetoshi Nishijima is the name of uh, the guy who uh, plays uh, you saw you saw Ki Kafuko. Yeah, you could names here, but uh, I believe it's uh, <clears throat> Tokio Morari is uh, the young woman who also I think could have been a candidate for best supporting okay. uh, actress. So since you mentioned him, because he was mm-hmm. kind of on my runners up list, I, I, I think part of me, I, I was not strong enough to be kind of like outraged about it, but I, you know, it was nice to see Cooper Hoffman um, first, first role. 
the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman in Licorice oh, Pizza. Yeah. I, I thought he did a nice job of uh, of carrying um, the film there. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper was very good in Nightmare Alley uh, as well. And uh, hmm. now I, I have one for a movie that is. I don't know what's where it's at. If it's going to be a TV movie with HBO or or whatever, I I, I saw this film called The Survivor, uh, directed by Barry Levinson at the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, okay. And Ben Foster gives the performance of his life in it. And uh, uh, oh, he's done good work over the years. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't completely been on board with Ben Foster, but this was the most I've seen him kind of slip into a character and disappear. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if it's going to be a movie that's released in 2022 or or what what the the future is of that film, but that's one when I saw it at TIFF, I thought, well, this guy's will definitely be up for best actor. But I, I knew as things kind of went on, and I heard nothing about the movie that it wasn't going to be considered for for is, anything. So is this is this movie out yet? Or I don't think so. They're like real. They're really oh, much. Okay. There isn't even a trailer out there for it. I I think I had read somewhere that HBO had picked it up, and okay. Barry Levinson's had a you know, as as you well know, like a, a history uh, with uh, HBO with some TV movies and that kind of thing. So maybe it's oh, yeah. going to be more of an Emmy candidate than it would be an Oscar candidate. But it mm. it felt like a very cinematic movie. I also uh, Danny DeVito. Gives us really great supporting performance in it too. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that guy's Peter serious. Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard's in that movie as well. Uh, oh wow! Movie, I'll so. see this. It's a it's a movie about a guy who survived Auschwitz by boxing his way out of it. Oh boy! You know, the Nazis, for their time. entertainment, would have these boxing matches, and then if he if he won his boxing match, he got to live. But anybody oh who lost was executed on the spot. So it's not a happy oh. movie. Tough one, but uh, it is it, it it is very very well done. And who's Danny DeVito in all this? Uh, Danny DeVito is part of another section of the film where he's uh, he's kind of the, this manager uh, fight promoter guy for somebody who um, Ben Foster later in life would be taking on in the rings. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Danny DeVito isn't in the camp or anything like that. But it's okay. it's a movie that once again reminded me of Danny DeVito as funny. And as charismatic as he is, he's a really good actor as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so a bit well, of a, all right. a, bit of a shout out. Cooper, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll, 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 we'll, when we get the best picture, I'll, I'll tell you more about how I feel about some things. Nightmare yeah, Alley. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, I gave uh, points wise. I gave three points to Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos. Three. Points. Three points. Twelve points to Benedict Cumberbatch for Power Actually, of the Dog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I gave 13 points to Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. 11 points to Will Smith for King Richard, and 11 points to Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. How many points did you uh, give? Oh, you know what? I actually gave. I, I ooh, uh, oh no, no, I gave Javier Bardem more than that. I gave Will Smith. Uh, okay, so Let's I gave go Bardem first. All right, yeah, I'll go on the list here. Javier Bardem, I gave nine. Um, and then I gave Benedict Cumberbatch five, Andrew Garfield twelve, Will Smith thirteen, Denzel got eleven. And I love Javier Bardem in Vicky Cristina Barcelona and uh, No Country for Old Men. He is, yeah. I mean, if, if if that was the movie, he would be he would he would be number one. No I Country think. for Old Men. 
Yeah. He, he won he the was, Oscar for that, yeah. and that was that was oh, no he did. Yeah. yeah, no brainer. I think Christina one. Barcelona. He's great in that as well. He's, he is fantastic in that. Uh, he's not as good in being the Ricardos, but I, I still like him. Yeah, I, I think he he's a likable person, and maybe people who are fans of I Love Lucy saw a, a, a really good impression that he did. I just didn't see there anything that was kind of that amazing, or I think everything was well within his range that he was doing. But that's he he all the precursor awards and and this he was nominated so it was obviously an easy decision there but yeah i would have preferred to see cooper hoffman or one of those other people uh on the on on the make the the cut over him uh total points uh andrew garfield 25 will smith 24 uh and then 22 for denzel washington for the tragedy of the scottish play um then 17 for benedict cumberbatch who was actually my my runner-up choice i think he he gives the best performance in uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, and uh, then 12 points for Javier Bardem. So Javier Bardem and Benedict Cumberbatch would be cut from the lists, and Andrew Garfield, Will Smith, and Denzel Washington would be the, the three nominees there. So That sounds fair. We're, we're now on to, and I, I intentionally chose this as the last acting category we talked about, Best Lead Actress, because I think this wow. was such a competitive field that you're talking about, like six to ten nominees. If ever there was a year, like this was the category mm. this year. I mean, you could you could easily find five other people who were not on the list that could have been. So so this this is a this is a tough one this year. Um, and uh, well, so we're, we're, no, we're, I've got a clear winner. Yeah, yeah, you might have a clear choice, but it was tough as it far was, as was. making the cut and and that it's been a little bit all over the place this year but the people who did get nominated are Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye Olivia Coleman for the lost daughter oh Nina the, take the keys I'm leaving tonight and the apartment's gonna be empty till the end of the month Nina, I'm so sorry. I don't want anything. You're so young and it doesn't pass. None of this passes. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Lucy guesses some names. Yeah, teasingly. And the script indicates that Ricky takes his hands away from Lucy's eyes, turns her around and says... No, it's me. So my question again, Jess, does Ricky honestly, truly believe that there might be eight different men who routinely walk into their apartment, all of whom sound exactly like Desi Arnaz? And Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I got lost. Oh, how could you get lost? You've lived over the hill for years. It looks different now. Everything looks different. You sure you went? Late yesterday because you were delayed by someone. Why would you think I got delayed by someone? Oh, come on, come on. They are circling us. Didn't you know? Don't you read? It seems they're circling just me. And I believe it's your turn to go first here. So who would you choose for best lead actress? Jessica Chastain in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Okay. I love Jessica Chastain. Yeah. I'd like to meet up with her for coffee and, you know, some like a crumb bun, something like that. She, she'd like to do that. Um, I, I'd like to no, meet uh, one of these nominees for that. But that's not why I, I would, 
I would vote. That's not why I'm picking her. I'm, I'm picking her for her work. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I think Jessica Chastain has been great in movies I've seen before. Uh, and I think I think she did a great... The Eyes of Tammy Faye is a very heavy... It's a very sad movie. It is. And she... I thought she pulled off a great um, performance in this movie. So, you know, it's kind of... It's a, it's a, that's a bit of a complicated role. It's a Tammy very Faye. difficult role. In a way, there's even a layer of clown to it. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's interesting. It is hard because Olivia Coleman. I love. I, I actually really love Olivia Coleman as well. I'm playing a dangerous game with these ladies, uh, but yes. But I will. I, I will go with uh, Jessica Chastain. How many pastries can you get in a day? I mean, I oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. I, I can. I can eat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I again meeting any one of of, of these women um, would be great. Oh, Jessica Chastain is married and has two kids. All right. Now my choice, Olivia. Olivia <laughs> Newton-John. No, I'm just kidding. And I think she's married as well. Anybody okay. single on the list? No, okay, okay, I'm kidding. All right, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So Jessica Chastain's your choice, uh, and you've yeah. given very good reasons for that. Jessica Chastain is, is a very good choice, but I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction here. Uh, I, I'm going to actually go with uh, Kristen Stewart and Spencer. I I wasn't sure that anybody could top that uh, the young woman in The Crown who played Princess Diana in their last season. Uh, I never saw that. Yeah, uh, she, she was terrific. But we're looking at Diana at two different periods in her life. And uh, this is and filmmaker uh, did the same thing with Jackie O around the assassination and kind of looks at a, mm-hmm. a a short stint in their lives to kind of take a look at the, the greater um, picture here. But I think Kristen Stewart, you know, at first it was like it was like when um, they announced Renee Zellweger for Bridget Jones's Diary, where it's like, you know really this is the person but this is one where i i completely forgot that i was watching Kristen stewart unlike with will smith where i kept seeing will smith even though i was watching a very interesting portrait of a man mm-hmm. uh, the body of will smith here i i forgot that i was watching Kristen stewart uh throughout and it does such a, a great job of it so much of it is very complex and it's through facial expressions and actions she doesn't have the flashy scenes that, um, and it has to be flashy scenes for Jessica Chastain because Tammy Tammy Faye was such an over the top personality, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I get the choices that were made there, but there's so many moments where it's like, okay, this this feels like a move, uh, performance that will get an Oscar. Kristen Stewart, I wasn't even sure if she would get nominated. It was a little bit touch and go here. Early on, there was a lot of attention given to her. And that performance has stayed with me for months since I saw it. I, I have only watched the film once. Um, okay. But the, like the scenes in particular with her with her boys and the warmness and the kindness and, and that escape sequence, spoilers a little bit for towards the end, but when she manages to kind of escape from... Um, the family for a bit, like, and you, you just sense, you breathe a sigh of relief and take a look at kind of how, how free and what freedom might've looked for her. 
and something that she never really got. I'm glad it didn't kind of spend a whole bunch of time on like her affairs and like the last, the last night of her life or any of those, those pieces there. I I think this was um, the right way to go, but how the second she leaves her room uh, immediately, how, how tense it is. And I think it does a a brilliant job of looking at her eating disorder and, Mm -hmm. and, how how that plays out uh, it is just a, a wonderfully complex performance from somebody who i was written off when she was kind of under contract to do these twilight movies i never thought she was a bad actor i when she was young and she was into in sean penn's into the wild and um some oh. early roles like that where she would just be magnificent i thought this is going to be a great actor in the future. And I know that I'm, I'm glad that she's finally kind of gained acknowledged by the Academy and a lot of the indie movie stuff that she's been doing the last few years have led up to this moment. Um, I, I don't think she's going to win, but if she did, I would be really, really happy um, for that. But I, I, it's apples and oranges. I, I don't yeah. want to say that against, against Jessica Chastain. Um, she has the advantage of having just, an amazing makeup and hairstyling team. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty certain yeah. that that should win the Oscar for that category as well. But it's also a, a very complex performance. And in the voice, and the voice is so, you know, so perfect. And the physicality and, and the choices. And there's something so sweet about, like, the optimism of... Tammy Faye, and then those cruelties that happened to her when Andrew Garfield playing James Baker and when they're making fun of her and when she hears that and how hurt she is. Yeah. There's, there's so much great stuff in, in that. And that's why I'm saying that this is, to me, this is a hard year. Yeah, yeah it's I, hard. I, I think there could be an argument for any one of these women and another five other to to get the award any normal year. And I'm glad that the roles for women are getting better and better, but it's it's tough because there's some people who deserve to be on this list that uh, that simply are not, and even the ones that I, I kind of feel bad, the ones I've given less points to. So um, yeah, because I gave Kristen Stewart like a little bit of a lower rating, but I, I did think she was good in the movie. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out in a minute. But is there anybody <clears throat> that you would have liked to see on this list that that wasn't? Oh, uh, let's. Well, yeah, the um, the young actress from Licorice Pizza, she could have been yeah. there. Elena I, I, is, I totally yeah. agree. She was. She might have even if she'd been on the list, garnered my vote. Uh, I don't know. I'd have yeah. to think about that a bit. But yeah, and I don't know. I think that's that's all I've got. Yeah, I think Gaga was. You know, I, there was a lot of at points they thought she was the surefire winner, and then she didn't get nominated. I think she's very good. I think she's. She definitely gives the best performance of the ensemble in House of Gucci. I, I, I really like, I've watched that twice now. Second time I really focused in on what she was doing. And uh, mm-hmm. it's another really complicated performance. I think she is an actor. For a little while I thought like, oh, it's a pop singer trying to be an actor. And she always mm-hmm. said she wanted to be an actor first, but the, the music thing came first for her. I, I hope she keeps getting roles like this and gets keeps getting considered that's the very obvious one um rachel's uh ziegler uh, as maria in west side story i think she actually gives the best performance in the film and mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough role she got a little bit of and spielberg got a little bit of heat because he cast a colombian to play a puerto rican 
But okay. Natalie Wood in the original was none of those things anyway. But I, I thought that was right. kind of a really strange um, criticism there. Uh, I also wanted to mention, and I guess maybe a little bit further to to my point with Troy Kotzer uh, being kind of the one actor in CODA, uh, Amelia Jones is fantastic. She drives that film, uh, and mm-hmm. she is CODA. She's the child of uh, deaf parents. Deaf adults. Deaf adults. Deaf yeah. adults. That's, that's what it is. Okay. And it's just this, these three really amazing young actors uh, with these A-plus level performances, and there just wasn't room for them because – of, we're looking at Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, Penelope Cruz, Nicole Kidman, and Kristen Stewart hasn't been given the love as much, but I think these are heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then Gaga in the mix there, that these other ones got completely forgotten about. And in any ordinary year, at least one of them would have been able to make the cut. And so I, I just wanted to, again, I I have four runners up here, so that's why I found Best Actress to be a, a tough category. So. Yeah. All right. Points wise, I think you're you're first here with points. Okay. I've got Jessica Chastain, twelve. Olivia Coleman, eleven. Penelope Cruz, uh, nine. And Nicole Kidman giving eleven. And Kristen Stewart, I'm giving seven. And I did think that that Spencer. I didn't realize <clears throat> as I was watching it. I didn't realize that it was the same director as Jackie. But I was I was watching it. It totally reminded me of that movie. Yeah. I, I liked Spencer way more than Jackie. I. I but part of it was I, I never bought Natalie Portman, and I love Natalie Portman. Talk about somebody I'd like to have pastries with, I guess. Um, but I never bought her as Jackie O, and I found her performance actually kind of annoying. And it was is flashy and showy, the opposite of what Kristen Stewart did in in this. And so I found the style too much. And other than again being sidetracked, a scene with uh, the late great John Hurt. I, I found that film frustrating at points, not bad, but a frustrating film. I, I had no such feelings here, even though there are some similar techniques with the music choices and the camera following. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It was like a, around, you know, it was like a Kubrick film in some ways. Yeah. There's a scene like, like, yeah. Yeah. There's a scene in the beginning of the movie where it's like the beginning of the shining and there's this, like this overhead shot and the eerie music's playing and the cars. Yeah, that's by. right. I hadn't thought of that till you told, told me that beforehand, and it is true. And I guess if you can be compared to Kubrick, that's uh, that's a huge compliment. A little shining, little Barry Lyndon in there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I got a lot of Barry Lyndon from that too. So points wise, for me, a little bit the opposite. Jessica Chastain uh, got eleven points. Olivia Coleman, twelve points for me. Penelope Cruz, I gave seven points. Uh, Nicole Kidman, I gave seven points to. And I gave Kristen Stewart 13 points. So uh, see, the points are very, very close here. It's, yeah. See, it, I did think the Nicole Kidman pulled it off. I, I, yeah, I, I, I love did. Nicole it's, Kidman. It's a toss-up on her. And and she's been – I don't always like her work particularly, but I think recently – she was in some HBO show recently with Hugh Grant. I thought she was like really good yeah, in that. that she's good. good when she plays like yeah, a wealthy society wife. Yeah, she's, yeah, she was really good in that. And I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you take that, you look at her in that, you think she's, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if that was the only thing I'd seen her and I wouldn't cast her as Lucille Ball. But, yeah. but I thought she, I, I thought she pulled it off and I know it's a yeah. bit of a twin cost with some people. And 
I mean, I, I watched that one with family, and it's similar to the Will Smith thing that they forgot they were watching Nicole. I never did. I couldn't get it. I, I, I saw, it. oh, Nicole uh, Kidman is per- trying to do an impression of Lucille Ball. And right. I, I didn't get, and she was the early favorite. Like she was kind of emerging out of, it's been the favorite has gone to like four different people throughout the fall into now. But early on, she became a little bit of the favorite to, to maybe win. I mean, it could still still happen, even though Chastain seems to have mm. emerged now as the uh, as the main front runner. But I, I just wasn't completely there. I guess the, being the Ricardos was an interesting one for me in the sense that I, I lean more to like the grounded J.K. Simmons performance. Um, and that woman who also played uh, his uh, TV wife, I thought she was good in a few scenes there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think it was Aaron Sorkin's best work. And yeah, this 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 love for the, the, the lead performances, particularly Bardem's, it has just vexed me, but that that's okay. I mean, I, I like all these people. I just like them in other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Points wise, uh, Jessica Chastain and Olivia Coleman would tie with 23. So if we okay. were the only Academy members and we were using this point system, they'd be sharing an Oscar, I guess, or, and then Kristen Stewart with 20, just barely over Nicole Kidman with 18, and Penelope Cruz with 16. And gosh, Penelope Cruz, it, I, what, this is another, it wasn't, I didn't see anything that was uh, out of her range in Parallel Mothers. I think she's very good and she serves the role well. I, I like I like the other woman, uh, the other mother. It's a very, the, the situation the character is in is, is very complex, but I, again, I, I, I think they really like Penelope Cruz. I like Penelope Cruz too, but she kind of jumped in over a few other people here, but it's not a bad performance. I think her and Kidman, I gave equal number of points, but I think I kind of like Cruz's performance uh, even a little bit more than Kidman's if I was to to rank them, I guess, uh, the five performances. Yeah. But anyway, um, Penelope Cruz and Nicole Kidman would be uh, shed from the nominees. It would be Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman, and Kristen Stewart. And again, if if... You know, if Alana Hayam was in this uh, in this category and maybe Gaga, I would I'd be maybe having a harder time with with my choice there. But uh, I okay. think, yeah, for me, Kristen Stewart. But I totally get because the first shot, it's like it's like De Niro in Raging Bull. The first shot mm-hmm. of the film, you're like, doesn't look anything like De Niro, and it's shocking. Same thing here. That first scene. Which, and I don't know, a screenplay problem. That scene didn't kind of lead anywhere. It wasn't referred to again later on. But that first scene, like, that that can't be Jessica Chastain. And then we find out it is. And then we go back and kind oh, yeah. of see how that goes. And, yeah, I, I quite liked her in those early scenes, too. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to fight you on your choice there. All right, we're on to the biggie. Uh, best picture. Okay. Uh, for best picture, the nominees are Belfast. We all have a story to tell. But what makes each one different is not how the story ends, but rather the place where it begins. Holy God. Mama says if we went across the water, they wouldn't understand the way we talk. If they can't understand you, and they're not listening. You know who you are, don't you? Your buddy from Belfast, where everybody knows you. Hey, buddy! Your mom's calling EBS! We're looking to cleanse the community a wee bit. You wouldn't want to be the old man out in this street. 
my family are not kill you. Are we gonna have to leave Belfast? We'll fight this together. This is it. This is what? This is war. We're living in a civil war. What do you want? I want my family with me. I want you. Images are getting killed. We can give these boys a better chance than we ever had. I know nothing else but Belfast. Go now. Don't look back. You're the girl with the dead family? Yeah. yeah. I just want to tell you right now. And you sing. Interesting. Something's got a hold on me here. Yeah. What are you doing next year? Working with my family. Let me tell you now. I've been coaching for Berklee College of Music. I can help you get a scholarship. to say? You will be required to have a hearing individual on board at all times. I can't stay with you for the rest of my life. There's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet 
is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, and you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey. Hey. <laughs> well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so much. Not so much. We're going to get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. FBI! Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, no, this is if we're rich, that would be terrible. guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster. <laughs> you know that girl from Live TV said we're all gonna die? No. the FBI put that bag over your head. They don't do that. The CIA does, but I made them do it. You know, I had a feeling. It's a good feeling, because that is what I did, and it was very funny and cool. Drive my car.もう月半の稽古同じ
Dune. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy! <laughs> Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did? No. We are House Atreides. There is no call we do not answer. There is no faith that we betray. Smile, Gurney. I am smiling. The Emperor asks us to bring peace to Arrakis. House Atreides accepts! I know you. There's something awakening in my mind. You need to face your fears. Come with me. You need to be ready. You never met Harkness before. They're not human, they're brutal. The Duke's son sees too much. This is I do. Kill them all. Off the ground, go! This is an extermination. They're picking my family off one by one. Let's fight like demons. Dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? A great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. But if your answer is no, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. If anything happens, will you protect Paul? With my life. Only together can we stand a chance. got a call said there was trouble in the house oh, okay yeah okay well, you all need to look around it's a little wet for practice don't you think don't the girls have schoolwork to do they do their homework tundi's first in her class lynn and isha are too now i don't even mind you saying we hard on these kids you know why because we are that's our job to keep them off these streets you want to check on the kids 
Let's check on the kids. We got future doctors, lawyers, plus a couple tennis stars in this house. The chances of achieving the kind of success that you're talking about is just very, very unlikely. Okay, you're making a mistake, but I'm gonna let you make it. Watch me hit a few balls. All right. So tell me your names again. I'm Venus. I'm Serena. So what'd you think? I wrote me a 78-page plan for their whole career before they was even born. Yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> These girls so great, how come I've never heard of them? They're from Compton. It's okay. They're just not used to seeing good-looking peoples like us. She's nervous. Make a step up. Maybe she ought to take a few more steps up. Just get someplace safe. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Oh, no, brother man. I got me the next, too. This next step you got to take. You're not gonna just be representing you, you're gonna be representing every little black girl on earth. They're not gonna let you doubt. How could you? This world ain't never had no respect for Richard Williams, but they're gonna respect y'all. You don't walk out there with your head up. You are a champion, and the whole world knows it. The most dangerous creature on this whole earth. It's a woman who know how to think. Yes, Daddy. Ain't nothing she can't do. You want to show them how dangerous you are? Venus and Serena gonna shake up this world. Venus Williams, who is your best friend? You, Daddy. Serena Williams, <laughs> who is your best friend? Venus. Then you. Then you, after Venus. Licorice pizza. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair I met the girl I'm gonna marry one day. But her mommy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go Listen, young lady. But her friend is nowhere to be seen So how'd you become such a hot shot actor? I'm a showman. That's what I'm meant to do. To the seat with the clearest view wow, 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 wow. And she's hooked to the silver screen Do you know who I am? Yeah. Do you know uh, who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand? Barbara Streisand. Sand. Sand, yeah, like sands. Like the ocean, like beaches. Barbara Streisand? <sighs> no, but Streisand. Sand. But the film is a sad thing this is faith that brought us together. But she's lived it ten times or more. Our roads took us here. She could spit in the eyes of fools. You're not my director. They ask her to focus on. Do you really want to see my boobs? Can I touch them? See tomorrow. It's weird I hang out with Gary and his friends all the time. <laughs> I think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15-year-old friends all the time. I'm not gonna forget you. Just like you're not gonna forget me. Cross. Camera.
whole camera be. Mark it! Action! I'm coming, Nancy! you simple questions you will answer in short sentences only what you believe to be absolute truth absolute truth i can do that now brief as you can what is your name stanton carlisle are you a true medium yes i am mr carlisle doctor Please lay down. Can you read minds? Yes, I can. Under the right circumstances. Keep your answers brief. What do I want? To be found out, same as everybody else. Are you in contact with the beyond? Well, we've had our share of snake charmers in the past. We deal with them. You don't fool people, Stan. They fool themselves. I've given you a fortune! It's time that you delivered. When does it end? I want to know. <laughs> if you displease the right people, the world closes in on you very, very fast. The power of the dog... Twenty-five years since our first run together. Nineteen hundred and nothing. It's a long time. What you doing? Getting mixed up with her. You are marvelous, Rose. We were married someday. made these. I did, sir. <laughs> well, Brother Phil? Open up the gate. Let him out. You sure he's not ready? Go on, let him out. Another man. <laughs> A man was made by patience and the odds against him. For what kind of man would I be if I did not help my mother? Peter! If I did not save her. Sort of a lonesome place out here, Pete. 
unless you get in the swing of things. And West Side Story. my first time in New York City. I want to be happy here. I want to make a life, a home. Are you ready? Tonight is about family. The first gringo boy who smiles at you. I never seen you before. I'm not Puerto Rican. Is that okay? Do you want to start World War III? You know, I wake up to everything I know either getting sold or wrecked or being taken over by people that I don't like. You keep away from him as long as you're in my house. I'm a grown-up now, Bernardo. I'm gonna think for myself. Tony, we need you if we're going to war. Who are you? Friend or foe? If you go with him, no one will ever forgive you. Life matters even more than love. Those are eight really good movies. <laughs> no, I, I like ten of them. I, I still, I still like them, even though some, I like more, more, some more than others. Um, it's not going to shock you. Just uh, again, coming from I, two movies here that that emotionally, but one that emotionally, I'm just completely irrational about. Belfast is my choice for best picture. That's what I would vote for. If it won best picture, I would be over the moon. But uh, that's my choice. I think I know what yours is, but uh, go ahead. It's licorice pizza. Licorice pizza. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other one that I just absolutely love. And so I, I'm glad that, you know, I, I'm glad we aren't in a place where there's, there might be, we might have big disagreements in a couple of the other nominees, but on, on those two, I think we're, we're, we're in, in sync. And if either one of them won, that would be just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything you wanted to add about licorice pizza? Hmm. Well, I did say it was a movie about friendship. I stand by that. And uh, yes, yes, I do. I want to talk about my favorite scene where they go into uh, John. What's the John Peters played by Bradley Cooper. They, 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 they go into his place to um, install the waterbed. And there's the, the guy who's like the assistant and he's sitting next to like the, the, the like one of the kids because I used to work with Julie Andrews 
<laughs> the kid's like, ah, she was difficult. <laughs> she was difficult. <laughs> I think that was my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is such a pleasure going to, I, I, I had a general idea of what it was about, but I try hard not to read reviews anymore and kind of go in without knowing as little as possible about a movie. I just, cause I'm a Paul Thomas Anderson's worst movie. I still, I still like, so I'm, I'm a bit of a, I, I don't know if it's a sucker or a fanboy or whatever it is for Paul Thomas Anderson. So I, I had a sense I was going to love it. Um, I, I saw it in the city of Calgary uh, because what it, something that kind of annoyed me about Saskatoon didn't, play it for months after I had seen it in Calgary. I saw it, but you know, over the, the Christmas season. So before the end of the year and when it did show up, it showed up in theaters with only two times a day to see it. One of them being three 30. And so hmm. I, the hours I work, I can't go see it at three 30. And the other, the other time was, uh, you know, something like 10 o'clock or, or something like that. Right. Which mm-hmm. again, I probably on a weekend I could go see it, but it's a movie that is me. It's not. It's not Spider Man. It's not. It's not really a popcorn movie. It's. It is for his fans are cinephiles, uh, but also adults. I think, uh, and it's a movie. Well, you know, there aren't a lot of movies that are made for for adults anymore, and those are times when people are either working or it's too late for them to go to see it. So that and then. Yeah. These theaters get the numbers. Oh, it's not very popular. We have single digit numbers for the screenings. Well, let's mm. let's send it away, and then it disappears, and then you wait for it to end up on a streaming service or or something like that. They need to like these multiplexes. I was when I was a kid, well, I was so excited about them popping up because I thought, okay, well, well, we'll have those popcorn movies, but each of them will have a couple screens for smaller films or indie films or like the drive my cars or parallel mothers mm-hmm. or, you know, some of these, but no, instead it's like take up half the theater with Spider-Man. I have nothing in Spider-Man, by the way, you know, it's, uh, and I haven't seen you've been employed by the Spider-Man series several times over. So that's good. Um, oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Spider-Man yeah. two. Yeah. Why can there not be a certain number of screens uh, where they, they have, you know, three, four shows a day, for movies like Liquor's Pizza. I know Belfast had a similar type of run, but Belfast seemed to, for some reason, last a little bit longer and would be held over at our art house theater for a few more weeks, kind of beyond what would normally happen. But Liquor's Pizza became a tougher one for people to see. And, you know, I've I've been talking about how great it is to people at work for for months, but they just haven't been able to to check it out. So I know Mm. I'm sure I'll... You can rent it at an insane price right now or something, or, you know, I, I don't know. There's, there's probably ways to see it. I just don't know how many people are going to seek it out, but it is well worth people's time. So um, it's your pick. I should be, but I just, I, I, I want to say how much I like well, your pick. Well, well I, Belfast, you know. I love Belfast. I don't know how the grandmother felt about it. She's, she's probably not a huge fan of the movie. I guess I can't give away the ending, but, but that's such a good scene. That, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably uh, Judy Dench's best scene. She has yeah. a lot of nice little scenes in there. It was a surprise nomination to me. I mean, I I know I didn't pick her, but I respect that performance. It just there were yeah. others that were that Judy Dench. I think to do that role in her sleep, but some of the others were just 
you know, we're, we're that I, much better. But Belfast, I watched as a Screen Actors Guild Award screener, so I did watch it at home. But I, I when I watched, it, I thought this this would be a great movie to see on the big screen because the sound design was great. It was just yes. like the beginning when like the uh, the bombing is going off all of a sudden. That was the, that yeah. was that must have been a, like a, a much better experience to see in the theater. And just the way the movie was shot, I <clears throat> I really enjoyed how throughout the movie there would be there would be like a frame within the frame. That'd be this, you know he's you know he sets up the frame, but then there's like a window in the back, and one of the characters is like looking out the window. Yes, you know that. And I just I I, I enjoyed the whole movie really. And, but all the, all the acting of it. If I would say that that was if, if my top little group of movies, I would I I have it up there. I said Licorice Pizza and then Belfast is uh, terrific. And yeah, I did have the great good fortune, but I, I sought it out. And in both movies, yeah. I I made sure I saw in Calgary because they have yeah. more theaters and they get more stuff before Saskatoon seems to for some reason. I mean, and and our one art art house. Well, we actually have two art house theaters, but. Uh, the one that shows, I would best way to put it, mainstream art house cinema is up for sale. And so I don't know mm. what it's going to turn into. So I'm getting nervous that we're going to lose yet another movie theater here. And then yeah, it's become very, very limited for people who like to see movies on the big screen. Because, yeah, that sequence that you're describing at the beginning is is magic on a big yeah. screen. Yeah, I can imagine. You like this pizza, you saw it as a screener? I did, yeah. Yeah. It's very cinematic as well. I mean, it was... The only movie I see on the big screen is Parallel Mothers. And I saw it at the Angelica Theater in New York, where yeah. Gretchen Mole was an, an usher years ago. Oh, cool. And the movie, cost, the movie cost $18. That's how much it costs to see a movie at the Angelica these days. That was $18 to see Parallel Mothers? It was, yeah. Okay. But don't worry about it. I know you don't want me to pay to see I'm... things. I wanted to have the experience of seeing a movie that gave me a reason to go see it. Okay. Yeah, I just yeah, very much enjoyed. I, I told you before, I, I I don't like it when my guests have to shell out a bunch of money to. But well, I just wanted to say how much anyway, it cost for... to see an Angelica movie. I, I was no, it wasn't. I I was uh very happy to see it. I was excited to. Okay, good. See the movie in the theater. Yeah. I'm glad it was worth your time. I I liked the movie. I had a different experience with it. I I, I saw it with no subtitles. Um, oh. So. I got most of the story. I did look at a summary later, and there were a couple of details here and there about some subplots uh, okay. that I I had missed a bit because my Spanish isn't fantastic. But it's it's a way to concentrate really, really closely on the performances, though. Oh. Uh, and Almondovar, is a filmmaker I've always enjoyed. He, he does this, you know, he he takes these soap operas and elevates them, um, and has A level people involved. So uh, yeah, so I... I like that one too uh, quite a bit. So. It, it was just best actress is a, a very competitive category this year. A little bit about the rest of the best picture nominees. Yeah. So let, let's do, we won't, we don't want to do full reviews, okay. but let's just do a couple I of, uh, I can move quick. A couple of things. Uh, are we okay if we just go, go down that list? Yeah, I sure. say something okay. and then you have what you have. Coda. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Coda. I love Coda. Mm-hmm. I love Coda. Coda is up there with me with, Belfast and Licorice Pizza, but I understand it's not as well made a movie. But um, I just it's a little small, see a little, but yes. I I I just gave into it. I I gave into the small C character, and it's also it was a big Sundance movie, and I would consider it like Sun Dancey, like it was almost like applause applause 
breaks were worked into the movie. You know, it's the it's, it's the kind of movie that it's the kind of movie that's built to get a standing ovation at Sundance. And I and I get it, like I totally get it. But I was I I just I allowed myself to be just completely into it, and I loved it. Yeah, yeah it, it was nice to have a few feel good movies. I call Belfast feel good. I mean, there's a couple things you're right that are a bit sad about it, but Bel- yeah. Belfast and Licorice Pizza. I walked out feeling really good, and Coda is exactly like that too. Um, and I just found it a little bit more formulaic, I, I suppose. But there's nothing wrong with having a good time there. And yeah, you're right. Sundance movies often, I mean, uh, Little Miss Sunshine came out of that world too. They like to focus on family dynamics, a lot of those films. And yeah. Uh, Don't Look Up. I'm sorry, that was nominated for Best Picture? It is, yeah. Oh my lord. No, actually, I was aware of that. I was making a joke. Uh, No, this is ridiculous that this is is nominated. Um, (laughs) It's a... it's nobody's best work. Uh, it's not particularly funny. There's like a f- funny gag at the end. It's depressing, not really in the right reasons. And Mark Rylance, who I actually work with him as an extra, who's a nice guy, but he, he's, he's annoying in this movie. Yeah. So the no, character's meant to be annoying, worst. though. Not only is it the worst movie here, but it's like by a mile, it's the worst movie of this list. Well, <laughs> there's one that's that I also didn't like, but okay. Well, I mean, look, no, I don't like this movie. I saw I, it. I, no. I, I'm so in between on it, which I don't think many people are in between. Either they love it or they, they hate it. I like the allegory of people ignoring the climate situation. And I know that's why DiCaprio was involved. I like Jennifer Lawrence's performance in it. Um, but, yeah, I, he, I, Adam McKay, like, screams at us. I, and I'm, a, I'm a fan of Vice, and I, I, I was a little bit more mixed in the big short, but... I, I think he he overdoes it, and there's some just ridiculous scenes in there. So he takes a satire, but he amps it up to the nth degree. And I so I I wasn't surprised it was nominated because it kept being kind of mentioned in all these precursors. Mm-hmm. But I I thought because it got such a bad reception when it came out, and people were laughing for the wrong reasons at it, that it wasn't going to be in the mix. But it started to. There are some people who think DiCaprio should have been up for best actor. This wasn't his best no. work. It's a different type of character for him, but it's it's it wouldn't have made sense to me to have him nominated there. Uh, Drive My Car. Oh, I enjoyed this very much. It's a slow burn. It's a long mm-hmm. movie, three hours. I saw it. This is one of the more recent ones I've seen. Uh, yeah, this was this was up there for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I actually love this movie. I didn't feel the three hours at all. No, I, um, and I would say just much like Licorice Pizza, this is also uh, in in a way it's a movie about friendship as well on certain levels. The f- friendship that that the man has with the driver, mm-hmm. you know, and and the bond that they have together. Yeah. No. A lot also, people, yeah. No, I'm not sure a lot of people will actually watch this. I mean, realistically, people don't watch three they hour movies anymore. They really should. It is. I should. It's, 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 it's one of the Japanese movies ones. are so good. Yeah. Um, the screenplay is is right up there. If it wasn't, of course, for you know Paul Thomas Anderson and and Kenneth Branagh, I would I would be thinking that this should be up there for the for writing award. Um, it it has to move at that pace, and there's so many pieces that work well together. This is another one where you don't know necessarily where it's going to go, um, and I don't want to spoil too much of it. But the age 
of the driver is really important when you kind of find out some stuff about yeah. this man and and his sadly his 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 late wife. So I'm glad you enjoyed it too because uh, lately on Twitter and stuff I've been seeing people saying they saw it just because of the Oscars and it was painful and hmm. I, it is no, not. No, no, I enjoyed no. it very much. And much like the Lost Daughter, it has some interesting family life um, decisions, which is something mm-hmm. that. Oh, I, in in well, I, I I can understand those having those kind of hard decisions. So it kind of struck a chord with me seeing that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I I think it could have been made the the best picture list, and that would have been good too. But uh, Dune. Well, Dune didn't stick with me very well. <laughs> One problem, I w- full disclosure, I had this as a screener too for the SAG Awards, and the only way I could watch it was with the Warner Brothers app, which I could only get on my phone. So I watched mm-hmm. this this epic movie on my phone. There was a side oh, of yeah, no. postage stamp. So that was probably a problem with Dune. But it was, it was free. So. so it didn't really stick with me very much. I like the big worms. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really. It didn't. It just. And it, there may have been an issue because I understand it was half. I never read the book. I, it, I understand it's, it's half the book. It doesn't really have a definitive ending there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the one movie of this list that I didn't really. Didn't land for me. Yeah, I mean, vi- visually it's great, but all of Denis Villeneuve's movies are visually great. But so is a lot of summer. I did block- enjoy it. Yeah, I would put it. I said like eight movies I liked. I would say uh, Dune was one of them. It just, yeah. I just didn't walk away thinking. Like I still think about Belfast and Licorice Pizza Drive. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. really thinking about Dune too much. I, mean, I, I, I was trying to figure out what the big deal is. I, I just, I can't, I can't quite get there with it i i just don't know i think it's going to win a lot of tech awards but i and i'm interested to see the second part and maybe once i've seen the second part then i'll have a different idea about this but i don't know it was it was unusual one for me king richard well anchored by will smith as i said uh yes i enjoyed i enjoyed king richard i enjoyed sort of like the i enjoyed like the blind ambition of this of the main character and how they kind of and you know sometimes that sometimes that works out uh, so yeah, I, I, I did enjoy, uh, King Richard. Yeah. I, I think it's entertaining. It's a movie you can show to anybody. It does feel sort of like Coda, more formulaic. I bit, think Coda, yeah. Coda had some different dynamics to it. Uh, and it was, seemed a little bit more indie than, uh, than, than King Richard, but at, the acting I think was better than the whole thing there. Nightmare Alley. This is maybe Ooh, where, I don't know, different places. That. Okay. That's not, I wouldn't put that in my, like my top five i guess but or top four maybe 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 number five yeah maybe number five um i uh i, I did i don't bradley cooper was not my favorite element of the movie no this no. was a movie that a lot of what worked well for me with this movie was just the costumes the set design the the modern noir of the film i love seeing that freak show come to life and just, and the supporting actors i mean this was top notch you had mm. william defoe Mary Steenburgen, uh, Richard Jenkins was in this movie. Just the yeah. way the movie was, the way the movie was shot, and the the look of the movie for me carried a lot of the movie because it was just excellent. Like I loved seeing that carnival, so I, I really did enjoy Nightmare Alley. Um, I didn't, I enjoyed it. So I, I would probably, if I was going to make a, a ranking, that would probably be my f- fifth one. Yeah, Guimero's direction's great. I mean, I think there might have been an argument to slip him into the best director conversation too uh, but i mean like 
Gyllenhaal and and Denis Villeneuve and you know um, among others that's that's always a competitive category there. But uh, he he remade a classic. I, I I had watched the original beforehand. They're different movies. He there's stuff he could do with this one that he could that they couldn't do back in the 40s in the Tyrone Power uh, led movie. Yeah, I agree with you. The, you know some of the the secondary characters. Runa Mara is very very good in it. As is Kate Blanchett, um, but Runa Mara, I think, is it's a little bit more subtle. She was one that early, early, early on they were talking about as a, a possible lead actress contender too. I wish it, it, it bombed at the box office, and at that point, I thought no. it's it doesn't stand a chance here. But then the critics and kind of the precursor awards kept moving it forward uh, a bit. There, it has a few tech nominations and writing nomination, and I'm, I'm glad it made the best picture cut. I. Well, I, it was it's grown on me. I liked it a lot. It was way better than I expected it to be, actually. It was on Hulu here, so it must have been in the U.S. Uh, and I think it, I think it went straight to Hulu. I don't even know if it was in theaters here. Yeah, it was it in theaters. Been, it was a few here. I, I think it might. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus here in Canada yet. I'm hmm. not, I'm not sure. I'd have to to look at it, but I look forward to seeing it again. I, I, I wasn't sure. How that's I a good. I had a great time at it. Yeah, that's a good sure, Disney yeah. movie. If if the kids have already seen Bambi, check out Nightmare Alley. Well, it's the Fox part because this was a 20th Century Fox thing that then okay. got. I think they call it now Searchlight Films when it was Fox oh. Searchlight before. So it's under Disney owns all of that stuff now. So oh, okay, uh, okay. I I kind of know the power of the dog is. You, yeah, you know, lousy. I like it more than I, you do. I don't like it. I and I see the thing is now we're I don't want to get into spoilers about the ending, so I have to be no. cryptic. But I don't see the justification as to why that was it was leading up to that. And I because everybody was getting along. And I also confession, I didn't really see the I didn't really even know what happened at the ending because I say I can't. There's an element, there's an element that is revealed the end of the movie that I didn't really see that used in the movie i've never heard of that element being used in that way before so that was frustrating mm-hmm. that i'm just being very cryptic and just leading up to it it was just Did you feel like the movie lied to you uh no I, the, the movie was just kind of it was it was kind of boring for lack of, lack of a better word it's a beautiful looking movie probably I mean, more probably more so because of location it was in new zealand i believe yeah. And uh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it lied to me. I didn't I didn't even realize what happened. And then when I kind of I was informed of what happened, I'm like, "Well, like why? Well, why did that happen?" It's it and and like and 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 also the how. It wasn't it wasn't clear to me and I don't like I said the didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Here's what I'll say because it's, I mean, we're obviously we're ripping this thing apart. It, I mean, it is the favorite to win. Um, is it really? And it's the favorite in the best director category for Gene Campion as well. Uh, that maybe the good news for, for you is the fact that uh, in an upset, Coda won the Producers Guild Awards. And the Producers Guild the last several years has been more in line with who wins Best Picture. So maybe that Best Picture category is suddenly becoming more competitive between The Power of the Dog and Coda. Uh, no. uh, not I, between I'd like Bell- to be. And Licorice Pizza. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'd rather have. But yeah, I, 
I, I guess what getting back to Jane Campion is somebody I've been cheering for for years. Mm-hmm. And so it disappoints me a little bit. Like I like the movie a lot, but I didn't watch this and think, geez, this is the best movie of the year. And this is the one where she's going to win her Oscar at all, at all. I was happy to see that she had a, uh, another movie out and going back. I, I am, um, and I might get in trouble for this one, but if back in 1993, if I was an Academy member, I would have voted for the piano for best picture over list you can believe that okay i probably would have stuck with spielberg as best director uh that choice but i i love the piano i love what campion did with that and i've liked some of the other films that i've i've seen there was that one with uh, harvey keitel and uh, kate winslet about uh, religious extremism as well and holy smokes uh, i guess it's called yeah yeah so i've only seen sweetie sweeties are i saw sweetie and the piano i I think that was our first one and so I, I guess maybe this is a bit of a representation vote because, and she herself last week at the Critics' Choice Awards when she won Best Director said she's like the grandmother of, you know, the the female empowerment movement among directors and that she has to, you know, unlike uh, unlike the Williams sisters, she has to battle the boys to, to get oh, yeah. attention and all that. I just, I, I just... Don't think this is the one for, but we've seen this before with actors too that would win for the wrong movie. Russell Crowe for Gladiator, which is terrible, for example. Uh, the film's terrible and, and his performance in it is not that great. And he's been so good in, a, in other things. We, we've seen this time and time again. So this may be rewarding. I, they, they couldn't reward her for many reasons back in the 90s, but she's back now. Here's our chance to give Jane Campion her, her night and her awards. But it's, to me, it's not a good enough reason here um, for that. But that, yeah. I, I remember enjoying it when I first saw it. I just a little bit more is like, you know, resentment that some other movies are they aren't making room for some other movies uh, in the conversation here. But Coda might be the is it such a feel good film? It could be the movie that surprises everybody, even though it doesn't have a best director nomination. And historically and maybe that doesn't matter as much anymore but historically if you don't have a best director nomination it's pretty tough to win best picture very few movies have done it so uh west side story uh west side story yeah it was very good it was you know obviously it was very well well done well made well crafted the question is is it necessary i was thinking that as well because we already have a west side story and it's already it's already a great movie but on the other hand west side story is obviously always up for revivals it's something that's that's been revived many times in all different all different kinds of stages so there's that and i think the you know the casting if you want to say that could be a necessary thing like casting mm-hmm. maria like a latino actress as maria yeah and i liked i i really enjoyed the choice of spanish speaking as you said you watch Carol mothers without subtitles there were no subtitles in this so it was yeah i thought that was a really cool choice i don't think i've seen that before in a movie where a lot you know most of it was english but then spanish because it kind of gives you the i don't know you get more absorbed in it it's a lot like living in new york where you have different languages around you all the time so it kind of it makes you feel a little bit on it, it makes you feel a little bit on the outside but you're also you're purposely getting absorbed in it because you, you, because then you have to pay attention to the body language and the and the tone and just how people and just how these people are communicating to understand. I mean, I I enjoyed it at a great time. I I went. Um, my, my sister had a big birthday this year, 
and there was uh, they were the family was arranging a surprise, but I was the diversion by let's go see West Side Story. And it's not unusual for me to want to go to movies. And, you know, she sometimes comes along. Um, so it, it was a perfect thing. And I thought this was one that she would enjoy uh, quite a bit. And we both really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I went in kind of thinking, yeah, is this a necessary movie? And uh, it, it outperformed. When I go over my points uh, in a few moments, it might seem a little bit ungenerous, but it's just uh, the competition and kind of what it's what it's up against. But I, I really like West Side Story, and I like that Rachel Ziegler's performance. Uh, most of all, the men weren't as interesting to me as as the two uh, the two women. Ariana DeBose does give a very good performance. I don't want to say anything against that. She's likely going to be um, the winner. I don't know if it's going to win in some tech categories as well, but that will be the big major category uh, win probably for West Side Story uh, for mm-hmm. this one. I saw it, I thought, gosh, it's going to sweep the nominations and maybe... I think maybe it was an early win. favorite, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, it, you know, it's. I think it's ultimately going to be a, a solid nominee. And uh, so I have no problem with it making the, the cut. I, I think I'm supposed to give my points first, and then uh, then you'll give your points on, on each of them. I gave 20 points to Belfast, 8 points to Coda, Five points to Don't Look Up, 12 points to Drive My Car, eight points to Dune, five points to King Richard, 19 points to Licorice Pizza, 11 points to Nightmare Alley, five points to Power of the Dog, and seven points to West Side Story. I gave Belfast 13, Coda 13, Don't Look Up 4, Drive My Car 12, Dune 7, King Richard 11. Licorice Pizza, 14, Nightmare Alley, 11, The Power of the Dog, 4, West Side Story, 11. And so half of these will be will be cut. 33 points for Belfast and 33 points for Licorice Pizza. 24 points for Drive My Car. 22 points for Nightmare Alley. 21 points for Coda. 18 points for West Side Story. 16 points for King Richard. Dune got 15 points. Uh, nine points for Power of the Dog. Nine points also for Don't Look Up. So the movies that would be nominated still would be Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley, and Coda. Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story would be shed from uh, the nominations. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, so uh, thanks for doing this, and I just I, I did promise that uh, I did have a previous show, which uh, as of yesterday was lost due to computer malfunction of some kind, which I'm still trying to assess, where I went in great detail over my top 10 films of 2021. So instead of recording a new show again, just at the tail end here, I wanted to give you my uh, top 10 movies for the year. Some of them we have talked about, some of them you may have never heard of, and some of them uh, did not kind of uh, make the list, or if they did, they were in in, uh, lesser categories. Um, My 10th favorite movie of 2021 is No Time to Die, directed by Kerry Jojo Fukunaga, the last uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie. My number nine is a movie called Sundown, directed by Michelle Franco, uh, starring uh, Tim Roth. My number eight film is Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. My uh, number seven movie, Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro, which we just talked about. 
My number six movie is The Humans, directed by Stephen Karam. Fantastic movie yes. that just didn't get much attention. Never heard um, of that. Yeah, I saw it at TIFF. A lot of these I saw at TIFF. Uh, my number five, a movie, uh, the debut, and written and directed by Justine Bateman, Violet, a movie I highly recommend. Um, wow. Starring Olivia Munn. Have you heard of that? I think I have. It, it, it blew me away. My number four film is Drive My Car, directed by Rusilku Hamaguchi, who we've talked about. Uh, my number three, a movie I, I just mentioned in passing, talked about Ben Foster, The Survivor, directed by Barry Levinson. I love that film. I don't know what the future of it is, but I, I hope more people hear about it and, and check it out. And Hopefully it hasn't been shelved for some reason. I'm not sure why it would be. But And then my number two choice for the year is Licorice Pizza, directed by Th Paul Thomas Anderson. And of course, Belfast was, uh, to me, the best movie of 2021, directed by Kenneth Branagh. So those are my top 10. Were there any movies? I don't know if you do a top 10 list or anything uh, movie nerdish like that, but were there any movies this year that you wanted to shout out that we may or may not have oh, talked about? Oh, I, I, I don't think I have any movies that I've seen of uh, last year that I could recommend other, other than the ones we've already discussed. So yeah. Well, I th want to thank you for doing this. I mean, it was kind of a last-minute thing, a bit of a scr scramble for you to to get those six that you hadn't seen in. I'm glad that, um, on the whole, this you you uh, you liked them. Um, I know some of them you were kind of avoiding a little bit, but uh, I just appreciate I was avoiding them. I was avoiding the tragedy of because that was a of the Scottish play because that was a SAG screener, and I um I started watching. I'm like, uh, no. It wasn't looks like a lot of work. I liked it but quite I, a bit. It, it was a runner-up for my top ten list this year. Oh no, I did. I did actually. When I actually sat and watched the whole thing, it, it is a very impressive, yeah, piece of yeah, work. It it, it, it has a, uh, some nominations. I think uh, cinematography and yeah. production design, uh, deservingly so. And I, I don't know. I might might sneak in there and one win one of those. I maybe maybe not. It's gonna be tough to. To compete with some of these front runner uh, films for sure so, yeah. yeah now that's a movie for adults even though i think it's oddly enough one of the most accessible <laughs> film versions of that particular play when high school students learn it because yeah. the polanski one is a bit of a mess and all the other ones don't seem to kind of work and you know so polanski hard. wait roman polanski has a version yeah in the late 60s it that was shortly after sharon tate had died and he took a whole bunch of like his anger about the Manson stuff and all that out in this, you know, um, in there. Yeah. It's, it's a strange, strange oh. criterion has it. It's a hmm. very strange, but not, not very, as far as classically, classically trained Shakespearean actors are not involved with it. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's been years. It's kind of tough to describe. It's very psychedelic at points. Um, okay. Oh, geez. Yeah. It was maybe of the time, but I, I just don't think it's a very good one. And there's these naked witches in it, which always gets a, an awkward laugh if you show it to uh, to uh, high school students. So it's. So I know Orson Welles has a has a version of it. Yeah, he. I've seen that one he, years ago. Did Olivier do one? I'm surprised Olivier didn't. Uh, well, he did Hamlet. We know that. Um, yeah, yeah. He was he was a bit older for Hamlet, but he did it. Um, I don't know. Not, yeah. not that I'm aware of. Anyway, thanks so much, and uh, of course we'll, we'll we'll hear from you in another episode. But I'm hoping we'll hear from you in future episodes here, because uh, you're always a great guest, and you're always welcome to be on on the show there. And uh, of course, thank you, my pleasure. 
as always, I want to plug uh, Lifetime of Hallmark, uh, your podcast. I, I, I forget the names of your co-hosts on that. Les Kirkendall, Barrett, and Jason Bowers. And we are going to have you on the show. Yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about that. Yeah. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. I, I have a yeah. I have a lead now on how to to watch the Lifetime channel. So I could probably okay. if there's a Lifetime movie that you know is coming up or something, let me know when I, I could probably uh, record it and, and watch it there. <laughs> so we'll we'll okay. we'll see. And of course, uh, Larry Parson Rank and Review. You've been on that show, and uh, I'm uh, as the time of, of the time we record this, I'm going to be recording a new show with him tomorrow night, and uh, which I'm looking okay. forward to. And he's back into his regular routine there uh, for his his latest season of shows. Um, so far, he's he's had uh, he had a show which was children's films and alligators or uh, yeah or crocodiles attack films. It's kind of an interesting one. And then he's doing a two part uh, franchise show on uh, Hellraiser. And that's oh. he's released one one half of that, and then the second half is gonna be his next episode here. So he's okay. back producing shows, and then uh, oh, good. yeah, and then uh, Film Feast, Matt Bledsoe's uh, podcast as well. So all people who've been on the show and are uh, fr- friends to the Shelf Shedding Movie Show, and uh, as I always say, folks, please, please uh, continue to. Uh, support artists and the movies and be kind to each other and uh, stay healthy and take care of yourselves. And uh, I hope you're interested in watching the Oscars. I certainly am in one week's time and uh, please enjoy the broadcast. And I'll be interesting to talk to you at some point later on, Kurt, about who actually takes home the prizes and if it's predictable or if there are, is an Anthony Hopkins like surprise, uh, like there was last year. So. Yes, that was a surprise. Although he was very good in that movie. Well, and he would have had my vote um, of, of the nominees yeah. as, as much as I like Chadwick Boseman as a person. But thank you so much. Thank you.